everybody. How are you doing? Uh, we are we are all together. The boys are back. We are excited to bring you. And I have feedback because I have my Twitch audio still going, and I'm a noob. But my name is Sean, and this is Weekly Games Chat. Uh, when I said I had my audio going, that's because I was also making sure we were good over on Twitch.tv backslash Weekly Games Chat. That's where you should be, just like some of our fine friends are there now. There watching might, this recording take take place there, what happened there, there might have been a slight issue because i thought i pressed the button but apparently the button did not button <laughs> so what happened uh, they didn't at? hear like the first five or six seconds of the intro song that was oh, it yeah that's fine that's yeah. fine yeah that's fine but yeah there you hear chris and uh we also are joined by my boy john uh and and tradition has been going john was showing me a beer but i think we're gonna pause on that for a little while but john's probably rocking a diet dr pepper or so I had to guess. Yeah, at some point I'm going to jump on um, some beer that we got last week. Chris had some of it. Yeah, I did. From, was I it from Aldi? No, it's some. <laughs> it's some. What was it, Chris? It was it like a, scotch. It was like scotch flavored beer. Yeah, it's from Mon. It's a Scotch ale, and it's from uh, Monday Night Brewing, which is up in Atlanta. I have yeah. been to that brewery. It's very nice. I'm gonna pour me some of that at some point. That's but, nice. Uh, Glad to be with everybody this week. I hope you're doing well. Indeed, indeed. Um, I, if, for those in the States, I do want to say I hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, of course, our Memorial Day that we celebrate in the States is a United United States holiday. It's not a worldwide thing. And and um, when I DJed Saturday, I'm going to do the same here. I reminded folks to understand we're having fun and we have a three-day weekend, but there's a reason we have Memorial Day, and let's not forget that. And uh, I then proceeded to thank everyone who is currently serving in our armed forces. So I'm going to do the same here. Uh, but what did you guys get into over the the weekend? I, I was joking at work today that today was the, uh, of course, we're recording on Tuesday. So when I say this, it'll make sense that Tuesday was the most Monday is Tuesday ever this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't, hopefully that makes sense. But Lord, ham and cheese, right? Like <laughs> it doesn't help when the first of the month in our p- profession comes on the day after a holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cray. You know what else is funny? Um so so we uh so the wife is like, "Hey, I want to we're out. this is we're just we're hanging out like on the weekend. She's like, I want to go uh test drive this car." And I was like, "All right, cool." Well, the test drive ends up in like, "All right, I need your identification so we can you know, run some things." And I go, "Cool." So this is happening. She liked the car. And then the guy goes, you know, your license is expired. <laughs> and it hit me. Do you guys know when your licenses expire? On your birthday, typically, at least in mm-hmm. Georgia. Maybe in Georgia. Not in, the, not in the great state of Alabama. And I don't know if any state is always on your birthday. That would be nice. It really would be. But uh, it had been expired for about two weeks. Uh, I, I quickly went online. And I found out in most cases, almost all the time, you can renew online. So I put in my ID number and it gave me a green check mark. I I passed and it said you could update it. But then it said, if you need to, however, make an address change, you have to go into the office. (laughs) And like I just said, it was a uh, the office was closed on a Monday because it was Memorial Day. And then I get nervous driving. Have you guys had this happen where you realize that? something like your license has expired and you plan to go to the, 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 you know, the place to get it renewed. But all of a sudden you get nervous driving hmm. for the previous two weeks. 
it was already expired. I didn't know it was expired, so I'm just driving normal guy, you know, stuff. But um, you guys are lucky if in Georgia, and I, I used to live in Georgia, if if that's the case, if it expires on your birthday. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I, nice. I only recently got my address changed on my license, but in Georgia, you can still do that online. You don't have to necessarily go in to the office, but um, I the reason I the reason it became a problem is because um, we had to we had to file for um, some taxes regarding the house. Yeah, and so I had to go into the tax office, and I and I forked down my ID. Um, I was by myself, and number one, the guy said, "You need to, you need your wife with you." Your like, wife, I my wife with me. Your wife. I make the decisions in this house. Now she wasn't with me when I said that. So right. Um, and then she said, and then they said, "You're you're you need to update your driver's license address." So, uh, yeah, that's it's just not something I care about. If I move, I, I just I don't go. Oh, I need to change the address on my license. I just don't care. Mm. until 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 it matters and then i yeah have to, and then i have to get it done but it well i thought dude i panicked i was like okay so this is an official thing mm-hmm. um i'm pulling out i was like what do i have that Whoa. shows that i have a new address you did what you pulled out uh, i was pulling out I, I was pulling i never pulled i was pulling out documents <laughs> oh, okay that could possibly verify my address I had a prescription that they, when I got my vaccination through Walgreens, they give you like they handed you a prescription mm-hmm. that had my address on it. And that was in my car. Cause it's by my CDC card. Um, you know, cause I want to make sure people realize I legitly got my vaccination. And then I was like, Oh, we have homeowners insurance. I'll pull up the app and I'll have that loaded and ready. Well, I go in and, uh, the guy was like, I was like, I got a new address. And he's like, all right, what is it? <laughs> I guess they don't care. They're like, you tell us what it is. We'll find you if we need to. Um, and the stuff. Yeah. And then they do the thing. And you guys know this. The camera is not set up for a good angle. Like it never is. But they got a chair this year. I don't remember ever having a chair. So I sit down. And he's like, can you scoot to the right? I scoot to the left because I think he means my. It was a mess. And finally, he's like, ching. Picture's done. I'm like, oh, this is going to look great. But I did look a little slimmer on this this version of the ID from the previous version. I don't know why, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the fun adventure of Sean getting a new license and didn't even know he needed one. So that's always fun times. But I do got a question question for Chris John. You might know this. So I was getting ready. I think it was last night to look at a new. I wanted to see what was new out there that I could watch on Netflix. And, you know, in the States, it pops up the top 10 shows in the U.S. or whatever. And sometimes there's sometimes there's some good stuff I never know about. There's a show called Ragnarok that's now trending at number three. It has two seasons. Should I know about this show? I have no idea. I've saw it on there, but I did not watch it. How does it have two seasons? And it's a 98% match to me. No idea. We Have you heard of it before, John? No, I have not. Of course, it caught my attention because it's got like the 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 little picture for it has like a Thor hammer. Like somebody's holding it. Of course, Ragnarok, like Norse I, Norse. Yes. <laughs> like, does anybody out there know what this is? Cause like, how is it number three trending and three nerds that host a podcast about video games and love all things like Thor and the Marvel universe and Norse mythology and stuff like that. I've never heard of it. It's crazy. I don't understand. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. Chris, when did, um, so did, have you had any luck on, um, your, your shuffle, your new egg shuffle? <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> I wanted to lighten the mood up a little bit. So, uh, oh, hey, what's up, uh, Travinus? What's up? Uh, Dreadnought pops in and says that what we just talked about was a foreign show, hmm. um, a modern version. So that's pretty cool. We might have to check it out. But um, so we have a friend who recently forgot, John, that Chris is the king of the new egg shuffle. He's been doing it since its inception. And it's funny because uh, what's up, Roof? Good to see you. Howdy. Um, it's funny this, because this is the huh? graphics card raffle stuff. Yes. Yeah. On new egg. And this friend is like, Telling Chris that the shuffle's happening. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, Chris, appreciate it, buddy. Good looking out. Don't worry. I but, sign up um, for rejection about six days a week. <laughs> and Chris brought up a great point today. The things are still going on, like the 3080s and, and, and whatnots of the world. You can't find them anywhere. No. Yet every once in a while, the new egg shuffle happens and they got some to give away. Five. I don't get it. Well, it's not. It's not giveaway, is it? It's like you, well, you gotta buy them, right? Yeah, but no, I, I know. I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to say. I knew you knew that. I, I, I didn't mean to, <laughs> Chris, don't they give you the opportunity to go try and get one? Yes. It's like you're, even you're, the you're, raffle. Even the raffle is not a guaranteed purchase. It's like here you have the opportunity no. to go find one. Well, I didn't know like, that. Do the raffle, and then you know if you've been selected for the opportunity to give us money, then we'll let you know later yeah. that day. And it's yeah. uh it's a little twisted. Yeah, yeah. The oh, thing that people the thing that people really hate about it though is that yeah. a number of them they are making you buy something else with it. It's a bundle. So like you've yeah. got you know, which I guess is fine if you're someone who's out there and like you're, you're trying to build a new anyway. Yeah, if like you're trying to yeah. build something with like one of these fifty nine hundred uh uh chipsets that just came out, right? Like something like that. And you're wanting the latest motherboard that's most compatible with them. That makes sense. But for me, it's like some days I can get ones where it's just the card and it's maybe only $800. And then like our days, it's like, well, if you want to go for this, you're about to have to shell out $1,500 because of everything else you've got to buy with it. Yeah. um, GameStop doesn't just sell you the PS5. They sell you the PS5 with Demon Souls and another ps5 game it's yeah. like they, they you have to buy this bundle if you really want this game this console yeah. so yeah i mean yeah, i don't like bit. that do you guys like, like i don't like being forced to get a bumble a bumble a bundle yeah and then meanwhile you go on ebay and you'll see <laughs> these people that are selling 3060s 3070s in like bulks of 75 units or something like that, like, you know. How did you get that? Yeah, like they just ha- they show them all wrapped on a pallet, and it's like sells for a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's in, it's insanity. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, and I, I got this game now where at, at the beginning of COVID, if you were at a store, uh, or even once things got like what we knew, all right, you got a mask on, you know, get in, get out. If I would go past electronics at whatever store I was on, uh, like if I was in Target for something or Walmart. I'd go buy electronics just to peer in and I would, I would every once in a while see some Nintendo switches mm-hmm. and then only like switch lights. I never saw the new, I, I did used to see like Xbox ones and PS fours. Sure. Don't see those no more. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Never have in the wild. Have I ever, ever seen a PS five or Xbox series X? Like that's not going to happen. 
uh, and now the Nintendos are gone. They still have that Mario Kart Live thing you can buy. I think That's, the only time I've seen a PS5 in the store was because someone had obviously ordered it on Best Buy online and shipped it to the store to pick up. You know, like that. That's and you saw it. the box. Yeah, like going that's down. Pretty the, exciting <laughs> just to see the box, bro. Going down the uh, aisle right now for uh, for like you know at uh, Best Buy for CPU parts and everything is about the most depressing thing in the world. Like outside of dude, is there's nothing or just old stuff. Like nothing. yeah, about the only chip you can find in there right now uh, is if you are wanting um, not Intel's latest, but the one right before it. Yeah, um, they have those and still. But that's about and it. For a minute, it got kind of hype. And Best Buy, for example, um, that's the best thing we have as as far as like a micro center, for example. Hey, um, what's up, Acid Sugar? Good to see you, buddy. Let me ban uh, this user and, from the chat real quick. Hold on. Who? Oh, <laughs> Acid. <laughs> oh, hey, you can't. He he's the he's the main he's like the main banner guy. Okay. He's he's Bruce. <laughs> see what I did there? Acid's the reason. He's the reason why. Um. I found out something that's that's you know it's in the news, but he's the reason I found out something last. Oh, week. that's legit. Mm. Yeah, I just I wasn't paying I wasn't really paying attention to the news, and he's like, "Hey, have Come you seen on, this?" John. And we and and we virtually held each other in hap- in just pure happiness because. Wait, does does he know you don't like him? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, he, Jay Dalton? Good to see you, buddy. That's that's what makes it even more remarkable that he was cupping me. Yeah, mm. there's nothing like a good cupping. Let's be honest. Let's just put <laughs> that out into the universe, right? Uh, but circling back to the car buying experience, it ties right into what you're saying, Chris. So mm-hmm. one thing I noticed, and we were we were on the test drive, and I said, hey, I got a question. Like, where are all the cars? <laughs> yeah, because car lots are like barren, mm-hmm. right? For new cars, ton of used cars, nada on new cars. And he goes, oh, yeah, a lot of these new cars, almost every model for every maker um, require these chips. And these some of these cars have up to four chips. So they can't make them. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to give you a free pro tip right now. If you're thinking about trading in a car and they got the car you want, they're going to give you a S ton of money for your used car <laughs> if it's in good shape. Yeah. So hook that up, boys and girls. They, uh... Yes, driving. Exactly. Yeah. They recently, like someone who lives up in Atlanta sent me a pic and just driving by a lot. And there had to be like 10,000 new Chevrolets just parked out there. And he, I said, like, why is that? And that was when I first learned. I was like, oh, they don't have chips. <laughs> they, chips. they can't. They will. Like you, everything is in there except the chips. You know, when you ride by like a mom and pop kind of like little buy here, pay here kind of lot, they, they don't usually have a lot of cars. They turn them sideways to make them look they got more. You go to a big boy lot, uh, official Ford, Chevrolet dealer or whatever. Mm-hmm. They got them lined up. Perfect. Bing, 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 bing. I'm telling you now, and on these local car lots, they got them sideways. There's gaps in between them. They don't have anything. So we get to talking to our guy and he says that. And then he's also like, yeah, and we don't know where we're getting more. Maybe I should <laughs> Maybe I should go take my car over to somewhere and, and get paid off and get me something new and nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and I, I just in February bought my new truck and mm-hmm. uh, it, it hadn't quite hit yet. That dealership had a lot of cars. This mm-hmm. this dealership, it was a Nissan dealership. And they were one of the they were one of the Georgia's biggest 
Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get cars. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, even as um, saying, friend of the show so many trucks. I mean, friend of the show, Jeff, his his car died, right? Which is why he just got a new one. Oh, and, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, the FJ. Yeah, and it died? Uh, yeah, yeah, the engine died. But they still gave him a ridiculous amount of money for the fact that it has no working engine right now. Because they can still parse that thing out, right? Or just put a new one in, and it would well, be fine. Well, he kept that car in good shape. That car was yeah. in pretty good shape. It yeah. had, like, a stank to it that was probably from Jeff's taint mixed <laughs> with, like, the smell of, like, used big red bubble gum. But uh, it was... I was just picturing him smearing yeah. his bubble gum on oh, his there, taint. Dude, yeah, well, maybe maybe that's what the smell was. I don't know. Where else uh, do you keep that... your used bubble gum? <laughs> <laughs> and keep it moist. By the way, it's just so squirrel moment, but so I'm unloading the, the dryer and out comes two. Cause when I chew gum and I'm DJing, I, um, I'll do the thing where you get the piece of silver, the plastic, you put the X gum in it. And I was, I was going to throw it away, but I didn't that night. I threw them in my pocket, forgot about them. Cause I start breaking down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pull out the dryer, out rolls two little things of like used gum that are still in their wrappers. I'm like, this is great smell the clothes to see if it smells like you know big red it didn't mm. that would have been funny but uh so that's that's what happened yeah you boys get into anything though like anybody grill out or have uh, any family yeah. over anything like that we didn't we went to just eat at like longhorn <laughs> like hey, merc get a steak okay. america <laughs> would y'all grill out john we um yesterday we grilled um some <laughs> What is happening? Look at the chat, John. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, I uh, wish you luck. I get, <laughs> oh, that was good. Wasn't ready for that one. Got to be honest. That's <laughs> that is, what that happens. Is, that was that is told. One of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in my life is in that movie. But you normally for, don't. So uh, why do you? Listeners, since this is, uh, you know, also an audio podcast, just want to say the reason that we are all <laughs> laughing is one of uh, Draven in the chat just said, John looks like Jim Carrey from me, myself, and Irene. So there's your context. All righty then. Yeah. Um, you can get the but dimple. Will, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, uh, we grilled steaks and salmon. Um, mm. Over the weekend, I went to my parents' house and... Um, um, at my parents' house, they don't eat as healthy as my wife cooks. Your wife. Uh, Your whenever, wife. I go to, whenever I go to my parents' house, they always have, um, I usually request tacos. And, you know, when I, I tried to, I tried to share this recipe with my, with my wife. Your wife. Your wife. A number of years ago. And here's the secret guys to these tacos. Butter. You take ground, you take ground beef. Mm-hmm. You brown it. Mm-hmm. Then you put the seasoning on. No, no, no. You don't put That's taco exactly, seasoning on it? That is exactly what Clarissa said. Where's the seasoning? Where's the taco seasoning? Right. I'm like, what is, what is, what is wrong with you people? Where's the so cumin? My parents, what, hold on. My parents are, grew up in California. Yeah. So when I was, growing, when I was, when I was growing up in Georgia in the early 80s, Mm-hmm. They'd have people over for dinner and they'd have tacos and the guests would always say, what is that? Like people in Georgia in the early eighties, 
almost through the entire 80s, had never seen a taco before until Taco Bell arrived or Del Taco or something like that. Back in the, yeah. And back in the day, there was no ta- there was no taco seasoning. What is that? You think you it know? was just you think you think I you brown I the beef. Yeah. You brown the beef, you chop up the vegetables, you put it in a fried corn tortilla and you have tacos. Hmm. Okay. That is it. That's well, if that's, it. If, that's, but anyway. if that's the old way, I'm glad that we found taco seasoning because taco yeah. seasoning is it's the like, jam. It's like you, you know, have not had tacos until you've had my family's traditional tacos. I feel like but, for me, like I'm all for, you know, not having to use the packet or whatever. Right. But even then, it's just like put some chili flakes and some salt and something. pepper. And, like, do you put salt and pepper on the meat yeah. at all or anything? You, that's why we have hot sauce. That's why we have. <laughs> Hot sauce. Of, so that's the seasoning, yeah. hot sauce. I mean, I, I can, I, I think I can get down and there's uh, Draven saying in the chat too, like I understand how that taste can, can kind of come together with lettuce and cheese, if tomato, sour cream, if that's what you want on it or whatever, mm. but a, a uh, non-seasoned beef, but just a classic, how we, you know, make it getting ready for like a hamburger helper, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how that'll, that could be good in its own way. Yeah. So anyway, my point of my point of That's all that was so was, funny was by was by Saturday we'd had we'd had tacos we'd had you know actual bacon and eggs and all this yeah. stuff when you yeah. know and and where I being Uh-oh. here we don't do a lot of red meat if any sure not, not really much at all so by the time Saturday was coming around like dinner was like a rib roast and I'm thinking I'm, I'm just, I've been ingesting all this red meat and I'm, Deuce I'm alert, starting, right? I'm feeling sluggish. <laughs> I'm not feeling good. Right. <laughs> so, right. But uh, that was my weekend. We, uh, I took Burgess with me and, um, but, but the best part of my weekend was um, Monday, Monday, no start, I guess starting Sunday, um, Aiden has watched Rocky one, two and three with me. Oh, mm. that's good. That's and he's jam. digging them. He's actually yeah. digging these movies. They're good movies. Yeah. I mean, I tried to show him the first Rocky a few years ago, and he just he it's couldn't. Just, get it's all it. about timing. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It really is. But that makes me feel good for you, man, because I know that's one of your jams, and now you get to share that experience with him watching it the first time. That's dope. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm digging it. How are you going to explain the uh, how the Russians uh, are in in Rocky Four? I have like, to. I, I have to go over. I have to make sure he understands what was going on. <laughs> You, you preface yeah. it and say Ronald Reagan was. <laughs> no, no, no. Propaganda no, is. No, no, Aiden, Aiden, this is a movie about how the United States won the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Rocky. Right? Right? Am I right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and, and of course, Acid knows you personally. So he says uh, cumin for sure as far as any seasoning in the house. Mm-hmm. That's going to be for John's house. Yeah, only. Been, you guys have been, no uh, idea. He's been to the house. He's been to the house. He, he knows. Wait, wait. Andrew's been in your house? Oh, many times. What? But he's like way up north. Um, he was down here for for a few years. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Next time he comes down, I gotta definitely get up and be like, What's up? No, you I don't mean to tell, I don't mean to tell everybody his business, but he um You're doing it. But you're going to. to. Be, yeah. He used to be stationed at Fort Benning. Oh, oh that's oh, sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so thank next you, time he comes down for your service. Yeah, yeah, you'll hear it on the replay, but we definitely thank you guys for your service uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, next time he comes down or we got to get up there when the when the Rona gets really under control. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's up. 
<laughs> he says you can speak for him. He will get you back someday, John. Someday. When you least expect it. <laughs> in the bushes. Whoa. Uh, nothing like getting you back in the bushes, right? I think you, know you, went, to, I think you went to sniper school. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I don't know. I don't think he did. Oh. <laughs> he knows Bradley Cooper? All right. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Bradley. Speaking of somebody who's just crazy talented, right? That guy. Not you, Chris. Not you either, John. Bradley Cooper. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I just want oh to take goodness. another look at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I oh. want to look at you one more time. time. He, he kinda, he kinda, I will say, uh, I'm going to give uh, Acid a, a shout out. He's got a, a Twitch channel from time to time. He'll stream like his mad skills on um, on Rocket League. Dude is legit at Rocket League. Yeah. Like... Chris, you're approaching his level possibly because I know you've won championships recently and stuff. I am but a world champion. Is legit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a, a Rocket League world champion t-shirt made, dude. <laughs> like it needs to happen. Be like, hey guys, I beat Rocket League. I'm going to order. Uh, I'm going to order a shirt that basically says, "When you pay my sub, you can talk about what games I play." Uh, it's going to be really condensed, and basically, you know, that. And when I do that, I'll find you a world champion Rocket League shirt. Thank you. So that's what's up. Oh, I just got excited. I refreshed on Twitter and at Warcraft said that the dark portal is once again open <gasps> and it's an ad for the Burning Crusade classic. Oh, that that's beautifulness. But no more squirrel moments. Uh, speaking of squirrel moments, Chris, how are we looking on this intro on time? We're we about a 20 minute mark. Oh, we're Which, we way past do? that. Tell you about my weekend. Um, but, you know, we were. Oh. We decided no, to talk can, about uh, tacos and yeah, and driver's yeah, yeah. license. <laughs> you know what, Chris? Let's do this. You don't no, have to. No, you no, have, no, no. I'm about to talk yeah. for X amount of minutes. So. I know, but I, I need you to. <laughs> what does CM for Rocket League mean? CM? Uh, yeah. Uh, champion? Career manager? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, old supervisor's daughter is like a CM for Rocket League. I don't know what CM means. I'm a noob. Yo, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> Go F yourself. Okay. Google. <laughs> That's not very nice. She'll talk back to you. She don't care. But um, all right. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and go on to the topic because Chris is chomping at the bits to talk. About. I need to see if this topic lives up to where it used to be. <laughs> I need to know. I think I anyone who was know. in Discord the other night can see where I was going on that. <laughs> well, that's 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 not a lie. You're telling the truth. So John oh, and I are going to sit. Like, can uh, we just read the Discord to the audience and just skip topic? Just skip the whole topic and let that be the thing. <laughs> mm. Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! No, John and I are going to sit back. We can't wait to hear uh, your new adventures with uh, what's that oh, guy's name? Oh, that's CMS Computer Mouse, uh, keyboard mouse. I think. Oh. At oh. least that's what it's got to be, right? Keyboard and mouse. But um, no, know. no, 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 Chris, because it's saying the supervisor's daughter was a CM. No, oh. that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Unless she's turned into a computer mouse, and that's weird. Now, someone thought the other day asked me like, "So, how do you play Rocket League on PC with a computer or with a mouse and keyboard?" And I was like, "You, you, you don't. <laughs> you, you get an Xbox you, controller, yeah. and you tighten that up, and plug it's it glorious. in, and you're good to go." <laughs> Plug and play. The best kind of play. Yeah. The plug kind.
ladies and gentlemen, if you've made it to here, you've made it to the topic time of this week's episode. Whether you skip straight to here or you listen through the, uh, you know, the intro, however you got here, welcome. And it's my pleasure to let my boy Chris tell you what this topic is. And it's also my pleasure to uh, sit back and relax while he tells us <laughs> his experience on this uh, wonderful series that he adores. Chris, take it away. The uh, topic is, as I write down the time, very important <laughs> to write down times. Mass Effect Legendary Edition Part 2! Part 2. I'm, I'm, that's how I'm, we roll. That's my Nixon, I guess. Oh, yeah, you, you pulled out <laughs> the old Richard Nixon peace signs on us. But yeah, if you remember, if you listened last week, Chris went over uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition Part 1. And then this week, he's going to do a condensed version where he's going to talk about 2. And three. His previous and three, yeah, yeah. So, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is a treat, and uh, off we go. So let's get it. Um, so is it still what I thought it was? Let's put it this way: last yeah, that's uh, a good question. last Wednesday night, as Josh was on my couch trying to sleep, he heard my cries as I once again lost people on this final freaking mission, trying to pull them through, just trying to find a way. <laughs> To and make they could, everyone, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, one person yeah. did not make it, and it was one of the ones I really did not want to lose. And I should have been smart and put other people there, but I just was not thinking because it had been so long since I've been through this. I was only thinking about <laughs> one. It, it was only one character that I was very worried about because he's the easiest Morden. He's the easiest guy to have die on the final mission. Um, but and I did protect him. I got him through. But Thane. Rest in peace did not pull through for me. He will he will be missed. He will be remembered. Uh, and let's just get to the short of it. Mass Effect 2, I've often said, is right up there with Witcher 3 for my personal favorite game I've ever played. You know, it's not to say it's like perfect, right? I don't think there's ever been a perfect game except for Pong, Pong. Pong seems to be perfect. I don't think there's any issues with Pong. Um <laughs> And maybe Tetris. Tetris is pretty perfect. Yeah, Tetris, yeah. like in that, that would probably be about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> does it live up to it still? You know, it's been 10 years, 11 years since the original came out. Uh, and in the short of it, yes, it is still everything that made me. I think this was the one, like, I enjoyed the first Mass Effect a lot. Mass Effect 2 is the one that made me the fanboy of the series. Yeah, no um, doubt. And, you know, I, uh, whereas probably I've played the original Mass Effect probably somewhere 15, 20 times, I, I would imagine in my life. I've played Mass Effect 2. God, it's probably double that easily, easily, just because I would take those first saves from the first game and then do them in different scenarios in this game, right? Like, well, what if I make this choice versus this choice? What's the ripple effect going to be? Um, but for those who don't know, Whereas Mass Effect 1 was pretty direct, it's introducing you to the Reapers and that they're this looming threat that's coming to basically destroy the Milky Way. You know it's coming. Well, how do you get to part two and not just go do the Reapers and make it interesting, right? Which is to say what they did was they said, instead of doing the Reapers, we're going to do this enemy called the Collectors who work for the Reapers. They're kind of like setting the stage, if you will trying to get like where when these reapers do show up they're going to be able to just come in and do work uh and and make quick uh you know 
business or whatever you want to call it, I guess, uh, of, of all these alien races, specifically the humans, because that's who they're the most worried about because they've already confronted Shepard one time and lost. Jack? Yep, old Jack Shepard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, John, you've actually played the opening of this game. This was your uh, first two? experience. I will say, when the first time I ever played Mass Effect 2, I had blacked myself out pretty much for most of the marketing outside of some gameplay stuff. So I did not know that this had even been teased, but the opening to 2 is pretty dang, like, what just happened, you know, uh, and it's perfect because it works. It's a great way to reset the character in a way that kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know if I should spoil it. That's your call. It's been 11 years. Yeah. Which you also didn't spoil a lot last week either. Yeah. But you're going to know the fact that there's three games. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. Um, but right. Let's just say uh, things don't go very well for the Normandy very fast, and when the title when the and- when the title card pops up, you're just like, "What just happened? This is a trilogy." Did what? <laughs> uh, and then shortly after, you kind of get brought up to uh, speed as a uh, as you kind of like have a seven million dollar man uh, kind of sequence and. Uh, Suddenly, Shepard finds himself working for Cerberus, who's mentioned a little bit in the first game. They're kind of like a shadowy human organization. Like they're sometimes even akin to being accused uh, by the Alliance, which is like the human navy, if you will, space navy, of being kind of a terrorist. Cell. Space Rangers, uh, and they are ran by Martin Sheen, who is a guy called the Elusive Man, and he's called that because he basically you don't ever meet him in person. Right. Right. He right. Uh, he lives in this office that's orbiting like this this white dwarf star, star you always see in the background. Looks really pretty if you've ever, never seen it. Uh, and he kind of talks to you through holograms, consistently giving you information and what your goals are. Uh, and your goal here is very simple. The collectors in the two years and the events from the very opening of the game have been going around the human colonies out in what's called the Terminus system. This is like where the Alliance and all the people you dealt with in the first game, they don't, this is like deep space. This is where they don't mess with. Like if you're thinking of star Wars, think of like the outer, uh, the outer rim. Yeah. The outer rim and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what terminus system is. It's, you know, gangs run this place basically. Is it, is it, you've noticed, you've noted twice that it was human or like human people, you know, races. Is that important? Cause, uh, I know in watching the trailer for the first game, like the re-release, it did show some like, I don't want to say aliens, but they weren't humans. Yeah, there's tons I of mean, aliens still. There's, there, there are still tons of all that, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah. But basically, the collectors are going to these human colonies out in this terminus system, and they're just abducting people, and no one knows why. So what he wants you to do is basically form a team and find a way to get them back or stop them from what they're doing. And that's 95% of this game, like, is putting together a team, earning their trust, and preparing yourself to go on what amounts to be a suicidal mission. Like, you, the collectors live in this place that they come through a place called the Omega 4 Relay. Anyone who's ever gone through this relay has never returned. You know, it's, it's dark stuff. And they're almost to a thing like where, they're a legend because no one who has ever really encountered them has lived to tell about it. Right. 
Um, so whereas like the actual main mission of this is probably only two or three hours of the game, the majority of your time is spent going around, finding recruits, getting them to join your cause. And then on top of that, uh, earning their loyalty so that they're basically committed to the mission to the bitter end, right? In the way that your crew was in the first game, just because you were Alliance and you were Spectre and this, this beacon of light or whatever for the galaxy. That's not the case here, right? These are people that are much more morally gray. Uh, Morden, who is a scientist, is a genius, but has no problem killing people if he sees the logical reason to do it. Um, he's one of the guys who worked on the genophage, which was like this thing that basically is the biggest case of genocide in the galaxy. Um, one of the guys, Thane, is an assassin who kind of lives in this religious sense of guilt, trying to find himself like a balance of what he does for a living versus the jobs that he's hired to do. Um, Samara is what we call an Asari Justicar. She is someone who, whereas like Liara is this young, innocent Asari that we see in the first game. She's someone who's like lived over a thousand years and she's kind of like a judge dread cop. Like she could show up and if she wants to, she could just execute you if you violate whatever her code is of, uh, of living. Right. Uh, as far as other Asari's are concerned, um, and then, you know, there's a bunch of other people that also return, uh, the biggest two being Garrus from who's kind of like your buddy cop from the first game. He's a Turian. And then Talia, who's probably my favorite character in the whole entire series. She's the Corian who lives in a suit and is usually my main ra- romance choice and was once again, <laughs> you know, I pursued her. It was, it was nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it did. Um, the big thing that still, oh, okay, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say it still didn't add any value to the overall game. It was just because it was there, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, the thing the thing that's great about this is as soon as you get into this, you just see how much work was done from the first game to the second. Like playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the first one, it's definitely the best version of that game but it still shows its age. You're like, this is a 2007 game going right into mass effect two. And the first time going into combat and being like, Oh, now it's nice to have these powers and these abilities because you figured out cover systems and you figured out how to make combat interesting. Like when, instead of just pulling up wheels and selecting things to be done, right. You're just pressing buttons. You're going with what you need. Like I played as Vanguard, right? I have this ability where, I can send a shockwave that can just go almost like a football field and hit enemies and they just go flying around. Uh, I have a pull ability where I can, you know, it hits it's them. and like it will, Jedi pull, right? Yeah, like they lift up in the air and they're kind of just floating towards me, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I can shoot them while they're there. Or if I'm in a, say, like I've got like an elite soldier who's getting close, right? And I yeah. don't have a heavy gun on me. I have a thing called the... Uh, I think it's called the supercharge or something like the Vanguard charger, something like that. Basically you just kind of go back and get all this kinetic force behind you and charge at them at very high speed. That's the, that's the one you told me about. Like yeah. it was a Goldberg spear, right? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, and it's, um, it's easily 
so much more satisfying than any combat situation I got into uh, in the first game. And, and I think they knew that because the combat scenarios in this, the AI is 10 times better. Uh, you know, like they will flank you. They will they will come around. They will maneuver. If you just want to try to hide and cover, it's not going to work in this one. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a really fun ride. And like, as you explore these characters and learn more about them, you find, I find myself consistently more attached to and interested in these narratives than I probably was with outside maybe Rex in the first game. Like even Garrus, I didn't really care about Garrus in the first game here. They actually give him a really interesting storyline, like where he was fighting against these gangs and he had a friend who kind of betrayed him. And now he's trying to go out and assassinate him out of cold vengeance for being betrayed. Right. Uh, all that kind of stuff is cool. Uh, Talia has this thing where she's accused of betraying her people. Uh, so you have to go back and actually experience like what her home society is like and where she comes from. It gives you a stronger perspective and it really gives you a lot of human. Well, I want to say human moments, but like emotional moments with her where she really grows as a character. And on top of yeah. that, the DLC I think it's easy to take this for granted now because so many games have DLC these days, right? And we've seen it everywhere from like, say, Witcher 3, which really pushed the bar of what DLC could be. Uh, but when I, I had to remind myself, like Mass Effect 2 was kind of at the cusp at the beginning of being the first game that really gave us great DLC. Like, you know, these five to six hour expansions that you could just go off and have a contained story that was really awesome. Probably the biggest being uh, Shadow of the La uh, was it Layer of the Shadow Broker, which is um, where Liara from the first game comes up, and like there's this awesome scene where you're on this ship that's floating around this planet in orbit in the middle of a storm, and you're just walking yeah. on the outside of this ship while it's crashing down lightning, wind is blowing. 100 miles an hour and you're doing battle against all these robots and stuff it's awesome you make that sound epic dude dude like in that shockwave <laughs> like ability describe that? yeah the shockwave ability is the best part in that mission because you'll hit someone with the shockwave they'll float up and then you just see them get grabbed by the storm and get pulled off They're the screen yeah, yeah like it's awesome you're like okay space i love this <laughs> Let me ask you a I question want. about the uh, the visual difference from one and two. One of the most stark differences for me ever. Mm -hmm. uh, I played Assassin's Creed way late in the game, and I immediately played Assassin's Creed two. And oh my god, going from Altair to Ezio, yes. and that that story to that story, the, the improvements, mm -hmm. the quality of life, things in the game. That's the biggest jump for me. Does this game kind of rival that, or do you think it even surpasses it? No, as far as it, going it, from one to two, it's definitely. And we were kind of talking about that last week, where I was like, you know. 2007, 2004, 2007 is a very exciting time in gaming because it was a lot of people trying things out for the first time. Yeah. And sure, Bioshock, I think, really hit it from the start. Like, that's probably the best out of all of them. Maybe that in Gears of War. Um, right. But, you know, Elder Scrolls Oblivion was one where, like, there was really big promise for people. Assassin's Creed was another one. And I think Mass Effect was another one. And I think with all three of those, their next iterations in those series, you just saw yeah. how much they figured out and refined <laughs> and made things right. like that are just some of the best versions of those series we've ever seen. Like, I think for a lot of people, Assassin's Creed 2 
might still be their favorite one. And it wouldn't shock oh, me no to doubt. hear that. I know it's not John John's because John's John, a fanboy. <laughs> the Assassin's Creed guy hates Assassin's Creed 2. I don't That's understand it. Or like, you know, that or uh, the one right after it, right? The What was the one where you're in Rome, John? Brotherhood. Thank you. Yeah, like those the two, worst, the they came out back ever. to back. Those, I think, are the most beloved of the classics, right? Uh, until you got to Origins. And then, you know, now Odyssey, <laughs> especially, it feels like has been the, the one that has of the new ones is most beloved right yeah but i don't i don't consider i mean with respect to to sean's question i don't i don't i think mass effect one is too beloved a game compared to you know assassin's creed which is just True. you know kind of a stepping stone to assassin's creed 2 i know mass effect 2 did a lot of notable made a note notable improvements but but mass effect one was just a very solid game I don't necessarily think Assassin's Creed is that yeah, solid. I mean, th- th- here's the vision. Here's here's what we're looking for. It gave you that that preview of what we're trying to do. But other than, I mean, what was it? I think I think that I think Assassin's Creed is the definition of repetition. Hmm. It's like talk to this person, find your target, kill them, rinse and repeat. I thought that I was the that's definition. That's crazy. You of, might be uh, right. But what about the definition of insanity, John? Yeah. <laughs> You've told me that many times, John. You know this one. You know do it, John. But the chat is confused uh cuz we know you as an Assassin's Creed fanboy. We don't mean to scroll too much, but you don't like to. <laughs> uh I I think this was more so trolling on Yeah. I, the definition in order for me to so with with Chris's trolling, it's Assassin's Creed 2 is not my favorite, therefore I hate it. I didn't say that. Which, you know, well, I, I don't remember what, what I think Assassin's Creed two is probably what it was. It was pretty far down on my list. Yeah, it, was, it actually was when we did our, yeah. But In brotherhood care. is, I think my, I think brotherhood was my number one. Which I think. Is, yeah. yeah. It still has Ezio yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think brotherhood, I think brotherhood does everything that Assassin's Creed two does and more. Hmm. John, do you know how, like when, when, stars go to these big Hollywood events or whatever Grammys, you know, they, they get jewelry, but they don't own it. People lend it to them. They have to return it. Rinse I was thinking, I was, <laughs> I was thinking about letting you, uh, rent obviously free of charge the chance to display my two Assassin's Creed pops. He's going to give you a three year <laughs> lease on these. Look, man, Name your price. I know, I know. I just love them, man. They are so, they are some of the coolest. Which ones are they? Is it Jacob and Eve? Ezio and Altair. Oh, okay. Seriously? Damn. (laughs) I got the good ones, buddy. But yeah, Chris, uh, I'm telling you, man, the way you talk about Mass Effect 2, there's a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how to explain it. This is coming from a passionate point of view on this game. This is... This is what you get out of Chris when this is one of his most favorite games, if not the most favorite game he's ever played in his life. Yeah. And it didn't appear to have let him down so far. No. And it's because, you know, look, I like big games. Big games are great, but I like games where the narratives pull you in. And then right. the great, great ones to me do that and combine it with solid gameplay on top of it. Right. Like it's why I think I like even infinite more, uh, Bioshock Infinite more even than the original, even though I think the the original is the more revolutionary one, right? But yeah. like two 
uh, I didn't, I, I played to Bioshock two, but it didn't grab me in the same way because I, cause a lot of the narrative threads just didn't pull me the way the first one did. And certainly not how infinite did like infinite. I was hooked from the moment I got there. I was like, this gameplay has been refined in a way I didn't think it could be to make it even more satisfying. And then where it goes story wise, I was invested every moment um, in its world. So that's the same way how I am with mass effect too, because yeah, there's a lot of interesting story and scenarios in the first mass effect. But if I'm being honest, I think I said this last week, I think it's more the back half of that game where the story, the main story is what pulls you to be like, this is epic and great. You know, I didn't need that here. Like I didn't like, I wasn't rushing to go do the next part of solving the mystery of the, the collectors. I was more of like, have I, let me go talk to everyone on this ship real quick and make sure that there isn't something new that we need to discuss about their life. Um, and you know, even like smaller characters, like the doctor returns from the first game. Seth green is back as Joker again, the pilot. Um, and even new ones like that you don't think you would be overly attached to like the ships, uh, got an AI this time called Edie who's voiced by, uh, she's Cylon six from Battlestar Galactica, which was also awesome at the time. Um, <laughs> like talking to her and hearing, like you can have conversations with her and hear how she views things and her humor. It, it feels just, I don't know, uh, genuine and, and something where I'm like, okay, that, that feels like it would be like if I was talking to a real AI uh, that could just control every part of my ship. Uh, and that leads into, you know, what I also like about 3 going into there. Um, because, again, I didn't think you could retool um, Mass Effect 2's combat that much to make it that much better. Mass Effect 3's combat is the best by far. As soon as you get in there, it feels more balanced. Like, it's much more... Whereas, like, when I got to the back half of Mass Effect 2, I'm a golden god in combat, right? Just because my powers are built up, I've got all these gun upgrades and all this other stuff, right? Mass Effect 3, you get into it and you're like, oh, oh, they made my shockwave ability not completely just infinitely powerful where it could go as far as I wanted and hit anything. It's like, no, it's a very short field now. Um, My health, before, like, your shields would go down. And as long as you let your shields recharge, your health would go back up too, right? Not in this one. If your health starts going down, you have to heal your health, uh, even though your shields might come back to full power. So you had to start managing that. The AI gets 10 times more aggressive. Uh, and the guns, you have to all of a sudden now account for weight because basically in this one, like you could have maybe just one or two, like a submachine gun and your pistol. Right. Yeah. And therefore yeah, yeah. you have such low weight, your powers recharge like 200% faster, or you could be the walking tank soldier. Who's got the shotgun. Who's got a sniper rifle. Who's got his assault rifle and your abilities. Then therefore kind of like last ditch effort type things, because they're going to take like two times as long to recharge. So it's just There's a really to, good balance. Did they add or take away any new classes? They did add more classes, I believe. Um, really? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't add, I haven't played them, but I believe there's one that wasn't in there before, and they retooled it too. Um, 
But your your go to and two was was Vanguard, and mm-hmm. is that the one you pay and play as three as well? Because yeah. you said in one, it wasn't the class to play, right? Yeah, no. Going had, back, yeah, it, it's back. Yeah, they here. didn't have it. it. Chris said they play. It was a different class in one, and it was yeah. Yeah, it still has the the two big abilities, but it added one more called Nova, which is kind of cool. If someone gets up close, you use this ability and you kind of jump up and do a ground pound and sends a shockwave yeah. out. So it's like Ludicrous all this kind of stuff. Move, uh, female dog. Move. <laughs> get out of the way. Right. <laughs> Sean, isn't ground pound the name of your... Um... At one point it was, yes. Circa 2008. Hmm. I mean, mine's <laughs> called Vanguard, so wait. <laughs> but uh, and, and again, it also kind of without doing the exact same thing as two, I'm about halfway through three right now. Um, I forgot like just how much again, instead of it being a recruitment thing, it's more of like, Hey, the Reapers have shown up and they, yeah, yeah. They, they let you know in about five seconds in that game, just like how bad they are to deal with. Uh, you know, it's more of, whereas two is about, getting the crew together for a suicidal mission it's more of now a race against the clock to get the resources you need to even just attempt to confront these guys and therefore you're doing that with a lot of submissions to get people on board to give you the access to things you need and that's where you start bringing in the characters from the other games that you've kept around and and had conversation with and rebuild uh you know, some of the relationships you, you had from the first game, even, uh, and some again from the second, and they get so much more harder. Like the choices that are more harder, out, yeah, yo. Like, like morally gray, like where you're like, I don't know right, necessarily right. what's the right choice here. And on top of that, I don't know how many of you I can really save. Like, I, I have a feeling some of you are going to die. You're going to die. <laughs> but isn't that the brilliance of the story writing from three? Mm-hmm. That they make them more. Yeah, I kind of like that. Where they're, are you yeah. right? Are you wrong? Like you know, a lot. I think that's a cool thing. A lot of times, the third act is is so hard for these things in a trilogy, just because it's you know, you're resolving the tension, right? You kind of know by the end of this, probably the Reapers are going to be gone, right? You don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but that's that generally always pulls it down compared to the first two of a thing because you can have a little bit more shock, a little bit more surprise, right? Gandalf, yeah. of course, you know, falling off a cliff in Lord of the Rings what? fellowship. And then in the second movie, you know, battle of Helm's deep, are they going to make it or, you know, then third movie, we're like, well, we know where Frodo's going. And, uh, <laughs> you didn't hey, know. I want to, I want to, I want to congratulate you. You successfully tied in the Lord of the Rings trilogy to your Mass Effect review. I mean, the two greatest trilogies ever done, right? Let's, you know, let's just tip the hat because it happened. <laughs> Can we get a you shall not pass? That's all I need to know. If not, if you're on the spot, it's fine. Put it in a post. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, and you may get to this and I may be jumping the gun. And if I am, you know, I'm sorry. Do they happen to change that ending up a little bit? Because I heard it sucked the first I was time. Actually, I will I was never... Sean, I was actually... Chris... I, for those who don't know, I was wondering if you, when you, when you're able to get to the point, to that particular point, sure, kind of give a summation about what the problem was and what you think that was almost like, I feel like that was almost pre yeah pre Gamergate where there was a little bit of, I don't know, I don't, toxicity in the community. I don't get it because it's like, oh. 
I guess the big complaint when the game released is that the ending is not like a Kojima three hour, you know, cinematic thing of everything going on <laughs> at the end of the Reapers. Right. And and I will say the one part that is a little bit, uh, I get why they use this mechanic, right? Is it's kind of like a A or B. I guess there is a C there of choices that Shepard can make. And they're not perfect choices. They are hard choices. Like I sat there for a good, I remember the first time I got there, I sat there for like five, 10 minutes going like, do I, you know, at this point, am I just with this first run? Do I play completely to the Paragon idea and just regardless pick that? Cause I think I want this middle one. I know I'm not going this way. Um, you know, and I sat there and I waited out and I said, let's go, you know, and I was committed not to just reload up the game and go see that other ending. I was like, no, we'll play that on a different experience, right? See how it goes mm-hmm. and make some different choices. But people were just upset, I guess, that, it, yeah, it's not a very long ending. Um, they went back and I guess they did a post-patch where they added in a little bit more cutscenes and things like that. Uh, and we all love a good post-patch. But, I mean, like, I <laughs> never got it. I never got why, like, because... And this is like where you see the the two worlds, right? Like the critics experience this game in a vacuum where it's not out in the wild, right? Where people aren't rushing just to beat it. And they're kind of more going like, look, the the experience, if you're a fan of the series, is everything you love about it kind of to its highest level. And I kind of feel that way too. Like, yes, I like Mass Effect 2 more, but I mean, I don't have any hate for Mass Effect 3. I think it's a great game. I you know, would definitely have it very high on my scale as well. But the public, the internet, whatever reason, they they got stuck on that ending and that was their focus and it didn't matter what happened in the 30 hours or whatever you did before this ending. It was just that Bro, one thing. And I I, that's why I was working with a guy it. who, I mean, I looking back at all my memory on, on him, uh, I was working in an insurance office at the time selling insurance. And he was as, from what I remember, as big of, if not bigger fan than you are of the series, right? Impossible. And I remember over, (laughs) impossible, not possible. I remember him being just like, I remember he was going to go home one night. And I'm like, he's like, I'm I'm about to finish it, bro. And he came back the next morning. I was like, well, what is it? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, man. He was all like not talking about it and stuff. And I was like, Mm hmm. I was like, well, what so, happened? So, Chris, can you relate to people who weren't happy about it as opposed to people who were who were advocating for Bioware to change it? Was it, Is there any understanding between the two sides of why? Like, I can understand why you didn't like that ending. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I get it in the sense of the way the choices are laid out at the end. Um, because it's not just like you go do a battle and then... And then, like, something happens, which is kind of more so, like, you know, the end of 2 has a decision at the very end that you have to make because you you do battle against this thing. And you could see the pros and cons afterwards of, of after you beat the thing, using something within it for your own mission. But yeah. there are ethical concerns that are tied to it. Um, and there's also concerns with Cerberus tied to it as well, if you do this. Um and, you know, like to me, that ending and that choice in that way is really no different than three. But I think for some people, I guess they just that didn't occur to them. You know, Did, was it or, advertised or like, or even like going back to the first game, John, you know, this like 
you have yeah. these kind of decisions in the very first game where it's like you're beating the main boss. And at the same time, it's like, hey, by the way, Council's on the ship. They're about to get wrecked by the Reaper. Uh, do you want to go save <laughs> them and sacrifice like the whole entire human fleet to defend them? Or do you just want to let them die? Whoa. Your call. Those are seriously those kind of yeah, questions? Yeah, like, you know, your call in like how you, how you do this. And, and to Nat the Gooner here in the chat, he says, sounds like the end of loss. Like, yeah, I, I think like they're all like, I wanted they this. End- <laughs> they're like, I <laughs> want this ending. From that- the jump. They're like, <laughs> I guess they, there are just people out there. And if that's the way you feel, that's cool. I'm not here to harp on you. But they just have a perspective of like, I want some ending that is so mega and so big, right? And life changing. Well, I've never seen anything like it before. And you say that. Going, where I'm on the R side, I, I happen to always say it. it goes back to what I said earlier. I care most about characters first and story and where are you going with it? Was I invested in that journey? I was invested in Lost, right? I, I, yeah. I didn't care what was at the center of the island. That was about, I'm like, cool, you, you may have some BS. So we have like something to do battle over <laughs> for this you last didn't fight. Care? I didn't care about that. No, what I cared about was, was on the island. Like the part of the finale, <laughs> sorry to spoil Lost for anyone who hasn't seen it again. It's been 10 years. There's um, been a minute. Yeah. yeah. It's like the part that hit more for me Bear was where? that final episode was going to the flash sideways thing. And seeing like people like Sawyer and Juliet all of a sudden remember, you know, or seeing Locke remember, seeing, uh, you know. Did we cry? Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know. (laughs) I think we cried. (laughs) You know, like Jin and Son, like where they're crying, holding their baby, right? Something they never even got to do together uh, in the real world, right? Uh, So those were the moments that connect me. And that's kind of how I was here. Like, you know, and, and how how I am on, on a lot of games. Like if you give me those moments and I, I really feel that connection going back to last of us part two last year, right? Like the reason I love that one, that ending just it without spoiling thing. it here, that ending in that final shot, the emotion that I get out of that is what sells me on that game. Um, you know, that I felt that carried through. So if you're, if you're that person that is looking for, I don't know, I guess you love the end of, matrix revolutions because neo lights up and stuff or i don't know what it is you're looking for you like the end of rise of skywalker because there's a bunch of ships and there's a battle wanted a big battle in (laughs) uh you know uh game of thrones and then you get the big battle and it's like ah this is terrible it's like i want that what, yeah, what, you like, give him a, you give him something to think about. The end of Sopranos. Uh, it's like what you Wait, want. What? Did you, you just th- left it there? Like what? Yeah, I'm like you like, want. You can't win. What do you want here? Did you want Shepard to go into like a Matrix thing with the Reapers personified into a form oh, that don't he could actually bring do, Matrix into this? You know, like could do some <laughs> sort of hand to hand combat with or something. Because I'm like, it's a giant ship. There are a bunch of giant ships. It's not really. I something just, just want to know who shot Jr. That's it, <laughs> dude. Mm. Dude, Maggie Simpson. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Maggie Simpson. <laughs> um, that's funny. If people, there's going to be people who know about that. Mm-hmm. That show was that show was wildly popular, and they've at least heard that before. You know. <laughs> I never watched the show, but I do. I do. I was before my time, John. It was technically uh, before my time. My parent, I just my parents always watched it. Yeah, it was like one of our parents' mm. shows if they watched it and stuff. But. Oh, my mom used to watch that every day at seven p.m. on TNT when they started doing it in syndication. That was her show. 
But yeah, um, still, but yeah, haven't beat it yet. Still loving Mass Effect 3. I think maybe, my hope is maybe some people who were, didn't check this out because of that originally, getting back to what John was asking and all that. Maybe they come back and they give it a shot and go, hmm, you know what? Maybe that wasn't as big of a deal. Maybe we shouldn't have harped on that as much and we should have saved our, our, you know, our claws for Mass Effect Andromeda. That's the one we should have been prepared well, to hate. It's, it's <laughs> funny when they, even, even now, when they announced Legendary Edition, there were people on threads going, if they don't change the ending, I'm not playing it. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> God, fine. You can go F off for all I care. I, I, I ain't got time for that. I'm here because I love this series and I was just hoping that this would be the definitive way to play it. And like, I have to remind myself, I've never played these games at, in my case, 120 frames per second, but you know, just even for other 60. And Chris, this, it just, it just has to mean that you love Mm -hmm. our cry five because it's about this journey. It's (laughs) about this journey and this huge open world where you're just experiencing all these people and this world. is. I've been, no. No, because I don't care about the characters. I cared a heck of a lot more about uh, what's his face in three and even four. Yeah, a bit. I didn't care about the characters in Primal either. Yeah, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm just Neanderthal, like going around killing animals and stuff. Oh, okay. look, there's some smoke over there. Probably should uh, investigate that. That probably wasn't the first Far Cry game I should have played, boys. <laughs> it's definitely the Primal. most Primal's unique awesome. combat. Hey. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, but John, I wasn't invested. That's and Chris has a great point in that. Yeah, uh, you were like, invested. It's you like, paid money for the game. That's mm, called an I guess investment. Like, I look at five and I'm mm. like, man, I really wish that dude had been more like Dave Koresh. <laughs> and it would just been like, I can see how he won over a county. But it wasn't that. He was just more like, say, gobbledygook. And then he had some blue flower yeah, no thing. No charm. No charisma. Right? <laughs> that was more of what I'm you asking. did. No, yeah, charm, he, no he doesn't. He's not in it that much. It's more of like other people <laughs> you see. <laughs> Like, he's only got a couple of scenes in the game, which I, I guess is kind of like a running thing that's been going on Far Cry now for a little while. You can make an argument against that, but I don't know. Well, Chris, Anyways. remind the folks uh, what your Richard was last week on part one of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition series, uh, Mass Effect. The I believe, game. Do you remember? I, I believe I gave that a nine. I think it was a 9.75, Chris. No, pretty sure it was just a nine. Was it just a nine? Yeah. Uh okay, I'll I'll take your word for it, but it was high. It's high marks. I mean, nine is so not something to scoff at. No, scoff. Didn't expect to hear that word today. Um, the Mass Effect two. Not that would be a uh, that'd be a twelve out of ten. You heard it here first. <laughs> Exceeds expectations. I think. Um, in retrospect. I think uh, that game, because of replaying it now, has reclaimed the mantle of uh, my favorite. Sorry, Witcher 3. Because I've tried (laughs) to go back to Witcher 3 a few times, and it's just like, it's such a freaking investment. It's, you know, it's 90 to 100 hours of your life. And while I love those threads, the one thing I will give respect to when it comes to uh, Bioware with these games, outside of until they really got to Dragon Age Inquisition, it's they're like 30 hour games at their core, you know, 30 to 45 hours tops. And like, sure. The DLC in this one will push it closer to 60, but you know, that's all optional for the most part. You don't have to do that to beat this game. You do it afterwards if you want to. Yeah. Um, 
haven't beat Mass Effect 3, but from where I'm at, I'm probably feeling like it'll end up being like a 9.5, maybe 9, 9.5, somewhere in there. So, so we'll you see. average all that stuff together and it's a 10. The series, yes. It's it's definitely a 10. Uh, he's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easily your favorite series of all time. And, and these improvements, uh, yeah. like you said last week, I think you said it like this, basically, if you'd never played this game, mm-hmm. this is a great place to start because you get, you know, enhanced everything. Uh, and if you've played it before and want another playthrough, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. I think you have Chris's endorsement for sure. Oh. And I got to point out, several people did, and I know you may have something to add. Mm-hmm. They they love how your face lit up talking about this game. <laughs> you didn't even realize you did it. Um, that, that's passion, folks. One thing I also forgot, I feel like I should mention this. Um, just the atmosphere, like going in Mass Effect 2, especially going to Omega for the first time, it feels yeah. like a living space station. It feels like someplace, like going in and like, there's a crime lord that's running this place through a huge club. And like, you just have all this neon and, and like, it's yeah. almost Blade Runner esque. And I love that atmosphere. Like you don't see enough games that do that. I think that was why I wanted to get so hyped on uh, cyberpunk. Cause it's probably one of the few since then that's given me those vibes that captured that atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. But then like flip it to three. I mean, then all of a sudden it's pretty much ever you're looking it's it's a battlefield and it feels very different but also very real you're like oh this is what battles in space would probably more so feel like it not so much star wars right um so you bring lord of the rings in and you slap star wars in the face this is how you want to end this thing i mean it, star trek feels more realistic to me than star oh my wars goodness right john how do we boot chris john no he's with me on this he's with me on this Oh yeah. my God. Well, great, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out. I know you're like, yo, I had to really pull my arm to do this one. Yeah. I was uh, going to pick up Biomutant. I was hardcore, guys, but I said, <laughs> I will play Mass Effect 2. <laughs> now, you, you guys, you know what? I'll take one for the team. Sure. Whatevs. I, mean, do I don't know if I'll be able to get to, to DC Supergirl High School <laughs> next week because I might still be on Mass Effect 3, but if I get done, I'm down. That's so awesome. Um, well, if you guys are ready, we can we can we can end it here, and uh, that concludes part two of Chris's review of Mass Effect: The Legendary Edition. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. <laughs> that's gonna be a no, very audio. interesting audio effect for yeah. the audience at home <laughs> yeah that's gonna be nice i like it I, I had to wake i had to make up for two weeks of botching that botch didn't think i'd hear that word today either uh, today's a day of words isn't it what a day i'll tell you what every day is uh, yeah. uh, a day of words Sean. <laughs> you're probably not wrong <laughs> <laughs> But uh, winter is not coming, ladies and gentlemen. Summer is here. So that means that a month in the summertime is coming. And John's going to tell us all about that. And Sean, you see what I did there. September is coming. According to new sources at Bloomberg, Nintendo was planning production on a new Nintendo Switch beginning July. And this, of course, is not new news. Just the more we get it, the more confirmation it is yeah Um, and it is planning to release in september or october of this year the new console would actually be revealed prior to e3 
And according to Bloomberg and obvious to anyone, the new console will be priced higher than the current 299. Hmm. We may find out sooner than E3 for the purpose to quote, allow publishers to showcase their full range of switch games at the global event. The console would be sold alongside the switch light and replace the current dock console <laughs> despite the ongoing chip shortages suppliers are confident they can fulfill orders since different parts of being u- different parts are being used from what is currently used to manufacture ps5 and xbox and i had heard about that a couple of months ago where mm-hmm. there wasn't as much concern about uh parts being scarce for this particular uh particular machine because i mean for one they found a company that had all these OLED screens that they could use. So mm. things just things like that. But uh Chris, what mm. do you think about a Switch Pro and what do you feel about paying $399 for it? That would sound about right. Yeah. I mean $399. Uh I like I said, it's gonna be one of those things where I probably would only get it either right away if it was just like in front of me. Like I'm not going to do a new egg shuffle for, for this thing. You know, if that's the way this is going, I, I can wait. <laughs> um, but it would be a thing like where I would hope by the time breath of the wild two comes out um, or Metroid prime four. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, you know, so 2027 um, that uh, I could have one by then. I think that'll be the goal. What week in June is typically E3? Next week. Is, yes. No, no, is it? The second no. week, Next weekend. Second. Yeah, it's, it's usually the second week of June. Yeah, like the second okay. full like week. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's second kicking off. Uh, it's basically kicking off next <laughs> Saturday in a way where you have that Ubisoft forward. And I believe, um, I'm not sure. So June 12th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Saturday. I, I can't remember if it's then or Sunday that Microsoft is going. Dude. Um, well, this you, means that means the Nintendo has to. Uh, I mean, if these rumors are true, they have to announce it, right? Which, and we just, bust. which is so weird. They have to announce it prior to E3. It just seems so weird that they would give a Nintendo Direct. I don't think they're going to announce it right now. I mean, well, according to Bloomberg, they are. I mean, well, they I mean, say they're. Too. They said they got. They said they they're announcing it prior to E3, so that oh, okay. so that so that they can announce. Uh, Switch Pro games. I don't know. I, I, In theory, when does their direct run though? Is it they haven't announced during E3, one. or is it going to be right before E3? I don't think they've In announced theory. a date for one yet. You know, and like everyone's kind of playing weird this year, right? Like, was it EA's not going until July? I don't think yeah. Sony's announced whenever they're going to do their next state of play, which would be in presumption a uh, E3 type presentation. I think in most people's eyes, right? I, I would presume that that. Nintendo is doing their traditional E3 time slot because they've never mm-hmm. backed away from it. I mean, Xbox is doing theirs at that time. Yeah. At, I, at, their, at the traditional time. I don't know. I don't know when they're going to do it. Personally, I mm. I mean, I guess it's possible, but in my mind, I'm going, if I'm Nintendo, about the last thing I want to do with this, you know, like where it's not a true new console, right? It's kind of like the Series X or the PS4 Pro, right? It's on. It's more like the PS4 Pro. Or not Series Pro, X, think, yeah. uh, Xbox One X. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um. To me, I guess, like, there's there was nothing 
against Microsoft coming out and announcing that, right? Because they were so far behind <laughs> um, that they needed every good bit of news they could to be like, look, we were making this powerful thing, so you won't have the problem with the 1080p. In fact, 4K. Um, but with this, it's more of like, that system is selling so well right now. Why give people a reason to hold off, right? How many people are going to just go buy switches between now and September, regardless, come out in like last week of August and then be like, Hey, by the way, at the end of September, this will be out. It'll be 400, you know, kind of like how NVIDIA did this week, right? Where they didn't wait. They were just like, by the way, in two weeks, we're going to have new 3080 and 37 TI cards. Um, and you know, we're not going to tell you to wait for those, even though they're going to be more powerful, more efficient than the current ones out there, because we want you to keep trying to buy the cards we've got out there. I just know I'm going to watch the E3 presentation for Nintendo standing right, right outside of a GameStop. <laughs> that might not be a bad idea. Yeah. It might not be a bad idea. Can I stand with you? Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Because I, when, they say, when they say they expect to meet demand, I don't believe that. That's either. just no. simply they have that no is, idea. That, that Nintendo even, demand is unlike any other demand I've ever seen on anything. And that's even in this current market where you can't get a PS5 or Xbox because of COVID demand. Yeah. Like Nintendo demand is legit. Just saying. Yep. Well, Sean, you're legit. So I gotta say about that. Yeah. Let's hope that Gabriel yeah. uh <laughs> Maybe he's Tanglo legit. is legit. Who's that, Chris? Apparently he's the uh, new director of uh, Cyberpunk, according to G.I. Biz. He will replace Adam Badowski? Badowski. Just Badowski. Badowski? I don't know. Yeah. Do you read? (laughs) Not not Polish, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got one Polish last name I've got down. That's because I've known the person for 20 years now, so... Yeah, and I know he has a Polish pump in the bedroom. You yeah, know what I'm saying? He he, he, More he, like a Polish he. hammer. Uh, <laughs> uh, he will remain at the company, but has moved on to other projects. Emma Tangelo will be tasked with leading development on CD Projekt's uh, upcoming expansions, which are currently in development. <laughs> uh, he is a Bioware veteran working on Star Wars The Old Republic and Dragon Age Inquisition. Those are two pretty good games. In other news, CD Projekt Red revealed that its profits were down 65% in Q1 due to the fixing of Cyberpunk 2077. Profits fell 65% to $8.84 million. That's with an M, not with a B. Uh, it was explained that despite the lower-than-usual net profitability, the company saw, quote, record-breaking positive cash flows. Thus proving I mean, again, you can release a game that is broke, that is complete. Have good shite. cash flow. And <laughs> <laughs> be good to go. That's crazy. Um, but I mean Sounds like what? they didn't lose money, they had to spend more money. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably like what it is. I mean, I guess bad games are forever, <laughs> but you know, cash flow is only temporarily yeah. effective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> by getting a new game director, am, am I did I fall asleep or miss that there will be a sequel? Is that what needing a new no. game director means? No, no it's just for D, it's, it's for DLC and expandable. Okay, content. just any kind of yeah. Okay, 
Okay. Uh, part of me can see this going two ways that this is slowly because, you know, no one's head has rolled really yet at CD Projekt Red, but it's a publicly traded company. So in theory, you would think with all this negativity that has affected them since the release of the game, eventually someone's head is going to roll. You almost wonder, is this the quiet way to be like, well, he went here and then like five months from now, one day he'll go on Twitter and be like, I'm announcing that after X number of years have decided to move on from CD Projekt Red. Or I guess it could be him moving on to be like, you know what? I liked it when we made Witcher and we've talked about making a new Witcher game. I'm going to go start work early work on that. So it could be either one. I don't know. I made some scissors. <laughs> I have a string hanging off my sleeve and it feels like a spider and it's freaking me out. News. Um, I don't have much to celebrate on that front, but John mm-hmm. and Acid Sugar have a lot to celebrate. Let's see what that is. Finally, 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 Dying Light 2 Stay Human is set to release for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S, and also, just in case you're wondering, yes, on PC. This will be on December the 7th. The sequel will take place 20 years after the original Dying Light. And one of the last... Feels like it, huh? (laughs) It it looks like real time, apparently. Uh, In one of the last remaining large human settlements called... This is real original. The City. Uh, The game is uh, up for... (laughs) Keep it simple, folks. The game is up for pre-order now with multiple editions across all platforms. Uh, Dying Light Platinum Edition is also now available at a low price that includes every single piece of DLC released for the game, uh, which the news department notes is substantial. John, when you heard about this, could you stand up? Or did you I've need been, to stay seated? I've, I've been sitting for days. <laughs> no, uh, this is this is actually one that uh, that Acid uh, sent my way. Yeah, mm. I, think, I, feel, I think it was uh, I think it was Friday morning. I could be wrong. Um, but you know, I mean, this studio has been going through some, through some things. Um, so, uh, I, I was actually just, I was actually very surprised that the game's actually coming out this year. Um, I will say that, you know, sometime late last year, we talked about games of the generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at, I, I, I think I omitted this game for me. I don't think I included it. Because I'm a because I'm a moron. <laughs> if you haven't played Dying Light, I would get this Ultimate Edition. It it's got everything. It's got everything that you po- that you probably don't even want, but it's all there. Um, it is to to me. It is um, it is one of those it is one of those games that to me defined um, last generation for me. Um, I absolutely adored it. If I mean, I think. I think friend of the show, uh, Ryan Leaf liked it a lot too. I think it's, it's one of those titles I convinced him to play. So he, I, th- I think he enjoyed it. Chris, did you ever touch it at all? Daily, um, two times a day. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Only two? Wait. Oh. Um, no, I never got around to it. I will say, <laughs> while I'm not dying eh, to play it, because <laughs> I didn't play the first one. I'm very interested because this could like, I could see this game, you know, being something that's been such a passion project for this team that, you know, they take everything that everyone loved about the first one. You get the next one, as we said earlier, like the iterations, it all comes together and you're like, ah, this is exactly what we were going for in the first game. And now we've made it perfected. 
or it could be a studio in like say something like uh shoot something like you know cd project red where you're just struggling and you're like we have to get this game out it's been x number of years right it needs to be out and i don't know what's going to happen i'm just interested right. i'm kind of sitting back and going let's see what it is hopefully it's good i hope for you it's really good and, and yeah, i guess that's it too in case in case y'all didn't know this 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 was the original dev team who made um um dead island dead island mm-hmm. and because they didn't really want to go they didn't want to do a sequel they they didn't they wanted to go down a more serious serious path with with a game like this they created their own they i mean they left and and did the, and and i think it was wb games who picked them up and said yeah i want you to make this game and i, I just i just absolutely adore it just really, really love it. John, is the dying light better than Zombie U? <laughs> <Ha>. Oh yeah, <laughs> lights and years, ladies and gentlemen. Without a doubt, years. it's better than Breath of the Wild. Uh, in just a minute, whoa, uh, Nat, whoa, Chris, Chris put out. Nat the Gooner had a question. He's been in the chat the whole episode. Mass Effect or Dying Light? Then which one shall I get? And Chris uh, is dying saying light. Mass Effect, and John is definitely going to tell dying you Dying light. light. Fight, no. fight, mods, ban that guy. Uh, but John, tell us some more news we get on release date. Oh man, this is a big one. This, this is another good pretty. one. Far Cry Six has gotten uh, a release date, um, and I was telling the chat uh, in, in, during the break that you know last week felt like a very mini E3. We got so many different showcases on on things that we weren't even expecting. But Ubisoft, ladies and gents, has confirmed that the latest entry in the hit Far Cry series will release on October seven. Uh, the basic format looks to be the same, where the main protagonist fights to liberate people from a hostile regime. The game will feature Giancarlo Esposito. He's kind of a so-so actor um, <laughs> who will play fascist uh, dictator Anton Scatillo, uh, who will guide his son Diego um, in the midst of a revolution. The game will have all the familiar trappings, but the graphics look absolutely beautiful. And there are some notable gameplay elements that look to be fresh, to the series, there is this. Um, the presentation talked about this um, this thing this this thing where you can take odds and ends throughout the world and and fashion them somehow into a macarena um, gun. A, a macarena, <laughs> like uh, Sean. What? Did you see the trailer? The presentation for no. this. They have this weapon that shoots CDs, mm. and when they're holding it, the 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 gun is playing the macarena song. <laughs> And, the, and it's like this, it's kind of a variation on Far Cry New Dawn had this buzzsaw gun that, yeah. used, that would shoot buzzsaws. But instead yeah. of buzzsaws, it's like this CD. It's like this stack of CDs that shoots out. But the but the gun's playing the CDs Macarena. while it's walking, walking around. Oh, so awesome. And there seemed to be, there seemed to be some third person. It almost suggested that there was a third person option, third person perspective option to play. I'm not it. sure. Yeah, that could just be them doing production, right? Like, could be. Yeah, I have could no be. idea. It would be weird to but, play a Far Cry game that's not first. But I want to know once and for all, and I'm trying not to be disappointed, but I want to know once and for all if Diego is in fact Voss. That's what I want to know. Well, I doubt it because diego oh no wait no i'm sorry i'm thinking of the player you play as not as uh his son Mm. yeah that i don't know it would be weird if it's supposed to be a modern day game i guess right because not as weird as you looking like you just are ahead right now because you have a black shirt on and a black chair (laughs) that's pretty weird that's pretty funny (laughs) i don't know i guess 
I guess I guess it is a modern day if you've got CDs in the game. Yeah. Or relative. I mean relative. Yeah, John. We you don't can put have it in there. You can put the it last in the two 90s. cars I bought. Fun fact. No CD player. We're there. <laughs> nice. We're there. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um I hope this is good. I mean it looks gorgeous. It, it, it does. It, sort of, it goes back to. It seems like it goes back to Far Cry Three. Yeah. That kind of that kind of it's, presentation. It's like because it's supposed to be based off of Cuba and I guess other Caribbean islands, right? Like Cuba. you don't have to have the mountains that are so high that they're like the Himalayas from from mm-hmm. Four or anything like that. So it, I think it allows them to make a very dense vegetation and make it feel much more authentic to like how those jungles really are i'm just right i don't know i'm like keeping my expectations low because on one hand i'm like okay you, you think uh, a you, nuclear bomb's gonna go off at the end yeah like you know <laughs> they're like I, I didn't care about all the politics stuff that everyone was talking about i was like just give me characters that are good and interesting and and you can say whatever the heck you want to say or don't want to say i don't care um but at the same time i'm like the big thing for me is that the formula, especially in five, I also felt this way a little bit in four, but definitely in five, I was like, this is getting old. This is getting a little repetitive, right? It's always go to the outpost, clear the outpost, the outposts get harder, and then there's animals for you to go hunt, and then there's crazy main missions that you're going to go do, right? That can give you just, again, ridiculous scenarios of like what you're doing in the game, right? Um, with probably some dark, comment on violence and war and all that kind of stuff like that seems to be what they've consistently done since three and it was really fresh when i played three uh you might call it a far cry for reality (laughs) so yeah i hope like they can figure out a way to make the loop sure i get like some elements are going to return but i want to see i want to see something fresh something different of how you go through this game and i hope they they figured it out it's been three years I think I don't if you if you pay close attention to the presentation, the things they come up with with the weapons. I'm excited to see yeah. what I can. It, it it's almost like the cooking um, mechanic in Breath of the Wild, where you can just throw stuff together and it actually see does what something. comes out. Yeah, yeah, it, it has it's the almost same, like, uh, same music or sound effect. Yeah, for sure. Machete. But but you know me, you know me. I'm always down for a Far Cry game. For I, sure. love, I just love the series. Far Cry 5 was the best. Well, JRPG fans, I think, are always down for a Dragon Quest game. I mean, maybe. It's anecdotal, but we'll see. Yeah. Dragon Quest 3 is being Two remade things. in a style similar to Octopath Traveler, and it looks amazing. Titled <laughs> Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D Remake was announced during Dragon Quest 35th anniversary stream. You can view the trailer on YouTube that shows the 3D effects have been added to the retro pixel backdrops, with sprites being updated. Uh, it was also announced that based on the success of Dragon Quest 3 Remake, there may be more retro games remade in this style. Most notably, Dragon Quest 12: The Flames of Fate was officially announced, with a trailer showing a flaming Roman numeral to denote the new game. Uh, the game is planned for a simultaneously uh, simultaneous uh, worldwide launch <laughs> with no release date discussed yet. Uh, you know, took the old swing and a miss try there. According to the developers, this game will have a more serious tone and more adult themes. Because, yeah, Dragon Quest XI 
definitely has those uh childlike themes, right? More like uh they got dragons. Yeah. But you have that blue thing I mean, that just sits there and he's like, I'm a blue thing with a face. No. <laughs> <laughs> Japan. Yeah, you are you excited about any of these, Chris? Maybe? Uh, I may. I mean, uh, JRPGs is like it, it just it has to be the right time and the right feeling, right? That's right. So that's right. Like you mean always. Yeah. 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 Uh I mean, I didn't think I was gonna love Fire Emblem the way I did last year, but I really mm-hmm. got into that game, so maybe this will be the one for Dragon Quest for me. Well, yeah, I've I've I have fallen in over the over the past couple of years, I have fallen in love with everything Dragon Quest. I just think I I just think um it's this new thing I found and I just you know, and it's been around as long as <laughs> like, it's been around long as as long as Zelda has. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and they they announced some uh, uh, some other things in during the stream stuff but stuff that was mainly just not going to come to the states like apparently for 10 years Dragon Quest 10 is this online MMO like um like Final Fantasy or whatever but it, but it's never been it's never gone anywhere past Japan I, I I guess they don't really think it would be successful beyond um but they give us Fantasy ordered. Star online too <laughs> different company <laughs> I know, but still, but it, but it's crazy with with the success of uh, Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Age Eleven. You know, uh, I think I think their success in the states became more mainstream. So you know, maybe maybe an MMO or maybe Dragon Quest Ten. There could be a, a future for that um, to expand. The future. But Dragon uh, Quest Three, the remake, th- that Octopath style. If you haven't seen it, go go take a look at it. It looks absolutely beautiful. So, and Dodo, I'll shut up now. Sorry, it's all good. I was listening. You were saying good things. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to give you possibly listener some good things that you can download for free if you have these two things. So what I mean is PlayStation Plus and Xbox games with gold. I have your games. You ready for June? All right, here we go. A PlayStation, you get Operation Tango. Yes. Uh, Virtual Fighter Five: The Ultimate Showdown. And actually, 12, a pretty good one. Star Wars, huh? I was about to say, twelve-year-old Chris is excited for that on his Sega Saturn. <laughs> uh, and you also get Star Wars Squadrons, which is not a bad one. It's pretty good. That's not a bad yeah. one. Yeah, that's like, I, I covered that one on our show, I think. Uh, switching over to Xbox, your games with gold for June. Injustice, Gods Among Us. Hey, that's pretty are. good. The King's Bird. Bird's the word. Sh- Shadows Awakening. And Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. Which we'll be covering next week on the show. <laughs> Remember when Neo Geo was console? free. <laughs> Dude, I would totally legit... Like we, why don't we do that more? Like they're free games, just play them. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's crazy. But Chris, enough about games. Let's talk about logos. Hey, Sony appeared to confirm the official title of the next God of War in a slide for a Sony investor report. The God of War Ragnarok logo appeared alongside other major titles. Uh, at the time, this was taken as confirmation of the game's official title. However, a Sony spokesperson provided. The following statement to IGN, quote, the name and logo of our upcoming God of War game are not final yet. Uh, An incorrect logo was mistakenly used in our investor relations presentation. 
We can't wait to share more and apologize for any confusion. This statement came following Sony's decision to replace the logo on the presentation with something more generic. This just sounds like we don't want to officially have this be revealed the way that this is the logo in the name. I guess it's possible they could make some adjustments to it, but I feel like we've been hearing God of War Ragnarok for a while, right? Like it makes sense based on the way the uh the the game freaking ended. Uh, the first one, yeah, right. Thor. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I get it. This is, this is this is this is a strange story. Yeah. Um, and and Corey Corey Barlog on Twitter is is a prime example of how when you're when you're neck deep like in game development, you don't pay attention to what anybody's doing around you. He seems surprised, and, and this is this is in defense of Corey Barlog. He seemed surprised when people were asking him how the game was coming and if it was coming out in the fall and and he tight and he tweets this thing called I don't I don't know who needs to hear this but when the game is finished yeah but it was that. it was a tweet that didn't seem to be aware that Sony promised the game yeah in the fall right yeah. like he's just so head like he's just head yeah. first into his project he doesn't absolutely he, yeah and and then it. and then when they when they announced it for the fall they they put the logo Ragnarok right there. And I'm like, what is, why are people that? so out of, why are so, why? and and then, and then Barlog, once that happened in that uh, little press uh, investor slide, he did some sort of tweet where it was sort of a despairing tweet. Like, gosh, I can't believe they, they spoiled it almost as if he didn't remember that they've teased that name several times already yeah that's why i was so like why is this news just, yeah it, it is a it's news because well for me it's yeah. news because it's not news no like, I'm, that, yeah that, i mean like in the sense of like why did this need a big pr spiel from them you know yeah yeah it's like okay yeah. fine yeah i don't think anyone call it, cares less they'll call it call it valhalla <laughs> right god of war valhalla <laughs> Ooh, that's so funny. You play. I guess everybody. Everybody thought. Everybody thought this year's, uh, last year's Assassin's Creed was going to be Ragnarok. I mean, that was always the rumor. It was going to be called Ragnarok. So. Hey, speaking of, I know we. I guess I don't know why we, why the news team. You know, and I think they do a great job. They just bang up folks, but uh, why there's nothing on Horizon Zero Dawn's gameplay reveal and all that that they had this week? Because it made me mad. Oh, because they can give you a date. No, um, I actually thought when I when I sent it to you guys that it was in there. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, probably fine. But, uh, well, 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 then, uh, Sean, I don't know if you ever got to watch it, John. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, I watched it. I watched a lot okay. of it. Yeah. Um, I'm hyped. Game of mean, the year. I don't mean to be <laughs> controversial. I don't mean to be controversial. That's what someone not, says when they're going to be controversial. I'm not trying. I don't care. I don't care necessarily how Aloy looks, but <laughs> she looked like, you know, that side by side of Keanu Reeves and um, Adam Driver. And it, and the meme says, this is what Adam Driver looks like. Adam Driver is what is what is what happens when you try to draw Keanu Reeves from memory. Mm-hmm. but Aloy just looks different than she did in the previous game. I don't know if that's a graphics thing. I don't know if there's just, 
I don't know if there's just more that they, they wanted to do with her character that now they can do. There's just something I couldn't put my finger on it, but she just looked a little different. She looked like she looked like Aloy's relative. You like you look like her in some way, but yeah. it's just I don't you look like a relative. Other than that, I mean, it looks like more Horizon Zero Dawn looks yeah. like some it looks like some more, you know, one of the contrasts between Horizon and Breath of the Wild was everybody was like, man, I just wish in Horizon I could climb everything. Well, it looks like they're addressing that in some way where you can just kind of scale everything. But it was a great demo. It looks gorgeous. It's more Horizon, and I can't wait to play it. But it's almost like maybe they got got the demo. It's almost like they got the demo out of the way. Yeah to make room for further game announcements around E3. So it's either coming out next year or they got the demo out of the way to announce the release date at E3. I think if they were pushing to get out this fall, I don't think they would have Mm -hmm. made this vertical slice because like if you'd had the vertical slice and then at the end, you still at the very least say holiday 2021, I'd be like, okay, I guess they're still planning on this being here. And then, yeah, like whenever they do an E3 presentation, they'll give the final date, right? When they feel a little bit more confident in it. But the fact that you didn't get anything, not even a mention of 2021, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, that probably means this is not making it this it, fall. But it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. Like, no, it's not a, oh, no. no. We, the we, game is going to come out, and it's going to be great. I guess it's just so. one of those things where, you know, when you keep hearing rumors about how it's going to be a very light fall, I was really hoping that would be our, you know, I was, like, hoping at the very least, no matter what, Halo Infinite on Xbox and Horizon uh, Forbidden West, we would have those two games for the as the staples for these new consoles, right? To say, here they are. Here are the big exclusives. And I know we get Ratchet and Clank, and I'm, I'm not trying to down that one, but I meant like for the fall and all that kind of stuff, because that will probably be when more people will have these consoles, right? So they'll be itching for something. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think she looks great, the by consoles the are itching <laughs> you know? for, con- for content, Chris. Yeah. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Oh, um, I mean, like, if you're looking at this fall, I think uh, I would not be surprised if you saw a lot of collections, maybe upgraded versions of games that were in the works. If they can get them out, I just like I said, I, I everything I'm reading, they're going like you should probably prepare yourself to be like kind of how it was last fall, right? Like remember we got to October last year, and that is normally historically for us here at Weekly Games yeah, Chat. Out games it too, is yeah. like, yeah, it's like, hey, you got seven days if you want to talk about this, if you want to, you know, be up on back when we would more do this, like be on top of whatever the next big release is, right? Like game comes out yeah. Thursday well, night, you're going to play it all weekend <laughs> so you can talk about it on Tuesday. Yeah, That wasn't the case last year. <laughs> I, I honestly think that release dates mm-hmm. um, are more impactful at an E3 setting. Hmm, so, I mean, I, I could, I could very well be wrong, but I will, I will just, I will just say that it's a, it's, that I, I think they, they want to announce so many things on E3 stage, but they also wanted to do a, a vertical slice demo of the game. So I think they decided to put it over, put the demo over here. And then when it comes to E3, do a final story trailer release date, February. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah maybe it's i mean February. that's that's my hope is like that if it is delayed to next year it's like first quarter which it would be good because that's when the game came out last time and blew up so yeah around march but it yeah. also around it march. wasn't mm. i don't know the 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 space that is video games didn't need the game like it needs it now True. Like we need stuff man like i'm getting kind of bummerish i want to play new stuff that looks fun really everything right now that is going on in electronics and gaming is kind of depressing at the moment it's just it sucks like you you look at and you go well there's ratchet and clank next week and then um yeah oh yeah okay i guess there's dying light and there was (laughs) something uh, oh and and far cry we have those two those that's like it (laughs) right now that have dates for the fall Speaking of that's it, we have made it to our final news piece of the week. And John is going to end this uh, news section with some information about Sonic the Hedgehog. So if you're a fan, uh, you definitely want to tune in. Chris, uh, I need the sounder. And then John, for free willy, let's do it. You should say, oh, yeah. Oh, Psycho Retros just mentioned that Back for Blood is uh, coming too. I thought Back for Blood was actually this month. But anyways, sorry. Finally this week. Mm. We've got some Sonic announcements. First of all, first of all, it's time to normalize admitting that Sonic was never good. But having said that, a new game was announced from Sonic Team, which previously released Sonic Generations and Sonic Forces. The teaser was revealed with a goal of arriving 2022 for PS5, PS4, good lord, uh, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. The teaser showed Sonic picking up speed in a forest setting. Sonic Colors has been officially revealed as a remaster to the 2010 platformer originally on Wii. The game will come to PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC on September 7th. Um, The remaster will update the game's look and feel and add new features. Sonic Origins compilation was announced, which will be a compilation of Sonic 1 and 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. No release date on that has been given. The other announcements were more from an entertainment perspective, like Netflix shows, things like that, which I frankly don't care about. John, but you know your favorite movie experience about video games was Sonic last year. Well, that's not true. I mean, you can lie to yourself all you want, but in 2020, your life got defined by the Sonic movie. You did watch it and give it like a solid six, John. I don't think I scored it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to bring Um, that up, but you did. That's funny. I I think I refused to score it. I think you said it was hot garbage. There are a lot of people, you know, there have definitely been some bad Sonic games, uh, in the last 20 years, but if there's two that are beloved, it's generations and force forces. So, uh, didn't we play one of them? Uh, I can't remember. No. Cause they both came out before the show. I, I, I would dispute that, that generations and forces are beloved. I don't think that's true. They're beloved within like they're ones in the Sonic community that they like them. Like they're a few of the ones that have been done. Right. <laughs> where people were like not just completely dismissive of it. So uh, that's not a bad one, but of course the bigger one here is just the origins compilation, right? Like one, two and three. I love Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles is, is one of my faves. Uh, I don't remember Sonic CD that well, but I did play it. I just remember the 3d 
puzzles. Mm. Sonic, Sonic Generations has a 77 on Metacritic. Yeah, and the and the thing of like Sonic fans, that's actually good, John. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're just hanging on by a thread. Yeah, and I'm not saying critically they're, you know, marveled as being the greatest thing ever. I'm just saying people I know that like Sonic games, those are usually what I hear them talk about, at least the 3D ones. Now, everybody loved Colors. I think mm. I think that was I think that was a highly lauded game. Um, Sonic Forces has a f- in is in the fifties on Metacritic. Yeah, um, so generation. you've got some dichotomies. You got some dichotomy between critics and Sonic fans, mm. which is could be very well true. As Acid Sugar notes, Forces is loved by certain Sonic fans, and Generations was also incredible. I'm with the fans, John. I don't care what the critics say. He's the people's champ, okay? Yeah. What? Mm. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Let's, um, get, let's get to that part of the show where we get to t- hear from the fans, Chris. Emails and whatnot. Oh, wait. Wrong one. End of show type stuff, you know? like. But, Sean. Yeah? Every week we're in this battle because... I want to get that too, but that means we're going to have to probably wrap this up. Never. electronic mail from the future all the way from the year 3000 the year three <laughs> if you want to be cool and uh we read your email what you got to do is you got to send us an email and to do that you need to make sure you send it to weeklygameschat at gmail.com and you have a chance just like the new egg shuffle <laughs> it's more guaranteed here that we will read your email and boys, we have three emails we're going to highlight this week so that there's three of us. We all get one. If you guys don't mind, I'll go first and pick it random. Uh, I will read the one that came in on the first. Uh, so this is from Harrison. Hey, guys, Subnautica released a patch to fix the save crashing, and it works great. Do you guys like fishing? One of the few things I think I'm good at is uh, tying lures. If you do like fishing, could you email an address or PO box to send lures to? Ooh. Uh, that's that's turning into some real-life merch. Uh, I did hear about that Subnautica patch release. We all like a good patch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't currently fish. I used to when I was a young lad. Yeah. I don't think, John, John you might like fishing, huh? Yeah, I go to the swamp all the time. Yeah, so uh, if we get a P.O. box or something, we'll definitely shoot you an email back, and maybe John can get some of your lures and go catch him some of them there fish, huh? I that like, sounds alluring. I like, I, like, <laughs> I, I like fishing, but I like deep-sea fishing, so I don't think lures. Oh, you, you're so pretentious. How is it pretentious to say I like to go I just wanted to say it while I was eating pizza. It just felt right. I mean, I grew up next to an ocean. What do you want? There's Here a- we go. Here we go. He's from Mary, Maryland. That's right. Chesapeake Bay. Oh, Strozenay, Bozon. <laughs> um, 
Next up. <laughs> this one comes from Down Under, guys. Oh. Yeah. I saw it coming out. I was like, I want this one. Because it's from Down Under. <laughs> Down Under. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Josh, writing in from Sydney, Australia. Just wanted to hello. start off. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sean. Hello, Josh. I just choked on Coke Zero to get that out. You're welcome. What about you, John? Would you like to say hello, Josh? Hey, Josh. That's nice. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, just wanted to start off by saying I consider myself an OG listener from back in the days when Sean and John, didn't spell that right, were occasional guests on the Chris and Chris show. That is That's definitely OG. OG. <laughs> That's OG. Uh, we all remember that intro. Games and games. Games and games. Games and games. What Chris and Chris? <laughs> Chris and Chris. Yeah. Right. Tony, <laughs> Tony's best work for sure in jingle work. Uh, I'm a massive fan of the show and haven't missed an episode yet. The show is great for those tedious long hours I spend at my desk. That's what we aim to do. I have written him once before, though it was a very long time ago. I remember. Right. Uh, I want to say I remember, yeah. While the new setup you guys have works, I do miss the days when you would all be at Chris's place discussing new M&M flavors. Hashtag <laughs> F COVID. Uh, as, right, far as, game, as far as games go, I'm really enjoying Subnautica 2 at the moment. I was a massive fan of the first one, and the second one is even better. I get a solid 90 FPS when everything is maxed out and the graphics are stunning. I strongly recommend anyone who's into survival games to give this a try. My question to you guys is if you could have an one anticipated game finished and ready to put on shelves tomorrow, what would it be? Hope you guys stay safe out there and game on. Thank you, Joshua. For what me, would, oh, hmm. for me, Breath of the Wild too. How, uh, we know what John's it, has to be, by the way, right? Which is DC Supergirl High <laughs> School. But no, if I feel oh no. if John, if John They're doesn't, if John doesn't say what he should say. I'm calling BS on it. But uh, for me, I guess I'd be lying if I didn't say Elder Scrolls 6, right? I'm ready to go back. John, what's I guess Chris. I guess Chris is assuming I should say Metroid 4. Okay. That's fair. I mean, really? Well, yeah. the, only, the only other thing that could take over for Elder Scrolls would be if there's theoretically a real Splinter Cell game in the works. I'd like that now. Thank you. Yes, and please. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> But anyway, that's a good question, though. Thanks for the email, yeah. man. Josh, I, I have to say there are probably a lot of people listening to this that have never heard the games and games intro, whether the OG one or the one when Sean and John became official. And I would do Chris John Sean. Yeah, that <laughs> one's OG, day. too. Yeah. yeah, some throwbacks there. Uh, John, you want to take Eli? Yeah. Okay. So this is from Eli. Uh, Marvel or DC? Such an interesting question. We never, we may never know the answer, truly. Mm. Let me know your preferences. And uh, game on. Chris, what do you say? I, I got to think. First off, where was this sent from, John? Yeah, when Eli sends a message, we must point out where he <laughs> sent from, John. <laughs> I mean, he gave it to you in 95 font. Okay. All right. All Hang right. on to it, Chris. All right. <laughs> This was sent from an iPhone's iPhone. It is. Thank you. Yeah. 
There's no question. This was from an iPhone's <laughs> it iPhone. Like, it seems like the font for iPhone's iPhone is getting bigger every week. <laughs> so um, funny. I hope he maxes it out eventually. I do too. <laughs> this this is a big one, debate. One eye. I got to be honest. Uh, how do I say this? As far as characters and what I wish was better, DC. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's kind of owning it and keeps me more engaged most of the time. Like, I can't think of a Marvel like movie that's as bad as Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> uh, it's called <laughs> Thor Dark World, sir. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. You got me there. But I mean, in general, that is a, that is a interesting question. I'm going to pass it to the pro Chris here. I'm going to punt to him and let him up. Uh, I mean, obviously, if we're just going it. on cinematic stuff right now, it'd be pretty hard not to say Marvel. But if we're taking everything into account, just from way back. Uh, yeah, it has to be DC. DC's got the better characters. I think they've got better arcs. I think a lot of their originality, especially going back to 80s and 90s comics and even early 2000s, is just... It's more interesting. I mean, even Josh here recently gave me a copy of, uh, ah, dang it, dude from New Mr. Miracle. And I was like, this is way more interesting than a lot of the Marvel stuff I've read of note. You know, uh, I just, and that's a one-off thing, right? Like, that's what I love about them. They can do some really cool, crazy stuff. And then, of course, Dark Knight. We're going movies. Yeah. Still my fave three. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was reminded, uh, and I have been watching the Blade trilogy again. I didn't talk about that in the intro. But Josh, friend of the show, Josh, you know, the ex-World of Warcraft lore champion, Josh. Uh, he reminded me and confirmed that Blade saved, basically kept Marvel's universe like afloat. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy when you think about it. And he was like, immediately, I was like, Josh, is that what happened? And he goes, oh, absolutely. And he went into, you know, a spill and. That's crazy to think. I kind of want to see, is this blasphemous? I, I kind of want to see a, a modern day Blade trilogy again. A lot of people think it's coming. Do they? Mm. They've announced it. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> then. Well, though, is it directly tied? It. Is it directly tied into the MCU, or is it doing its own thing? It's okay. in the MCU. Do we know playing about- Blade? I think yeah. we did. Yeah, we talked about it. I, I don't mm. know how to. He he's from he, the guy who who was in Green Book. Oh, Mahershala Ali. Yes. Name drop. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry playing, if I know the name of an Academy Award winning actor. Who's playing Whistler, bro? Who's Ooh. playing Whistler? But he's already in the Marvel thing, right? Because he, he was mm-hmm. in, uh, what's it called? TV show, Netflix, not Jessica. Yeah, Jessica Jones. No, not Jessica Jones. What was the, the other one that was with Jessica Jones? Um, Dang it. Cannot remember the name right now. I don't know that they really consider Google that it, part Chris. of the MCU. No, no. I thought they were. Back in the day, they were. Probably not now. <laughs> the only time they referred Luke to the Cage. MCU. Thank Luke you. Cage, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, only time they you. referred to the... Never mind. Whatever. <laughs> what's I your in the chat. <laughs> John, what's your... on Though, getting back to it, what's your favorite, Marvel or DC? I think the I think the I think this is across the board whether it's movies or cinema. My all-time favorite superhero was Batman. Just it is. Maybe a close second is Spider-Man, but um but I would say that the that the Marvel universe whether it's comics or movies 
is completely just more relatable. They're just, they're people filled with flaws and it's just, it's just, to me, it's just a more relatable universe that was willing to tackle difficult issues over the years from, you know, from war, from World War II to, to civil rights on. They just, they seemed more comfortable. Marvel has just seemed more comfortable in their own skin. Hmm. Speaking of Marvel, breaking news given to us by Psycho Retros in chat. Marvel just posted, I'm assuming on social media, that filming has wrapped on Thor, Love and Thunder. Hey. Hey, breaking news here on Weekly Games Chat. What's up? What's up? But you say all that, John, about the relatability when I think DC has the most relatable character that could be a superhero, and that is your favorite Batman. His his fame or how he becomes superhero is just money. Like, I mean, the, I don't know if if you can if you contrast Spider Man and Batman, mm-hmm. Batman might have a lot of character. I don't know what I don't know how much character development Batman has ever really enjoyed. I mean, what's his what's his shtick? He you know, he's a rich guy who lost his parents. That's the, that, that's the only real depth to him unless you move on to, you know, the opposite two sides of a coin with Joker and Batman and then the loss of Robin. So I'm not saying that there's not layers to it. No, I, I'm but, saying the relatability but relatable, is... But relatable from actual human beings, Peter Parker can't pay his rent. Peter Parker is working on a school project. He also got bit by like a hyper, super crazy, like Ninja Turtle spider. And his and has in many ways regretted it his whole life. I know, he, but like he looks at it as the burden of it. But you isn't know, that the same great, as you know. true though? Like of the Flash, I mean, the Flash is consistently like losing things he loves and like doing everything he can to save it. Same is true with Hal Jordan, despite having the most powerful cosmic ring. You know, Hal Jordan doesn't live. Hal Jordan dies. Um, what? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you know all, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I, I think they're all got like cool parts to them. I, I always just liked, I think the bigger part for me was when you'd actually pull everything in, right? Like mm-hmm. in the universe and do one of those storylines. I just like civil war as a comic was a cool idea. I don't think the execution was great versus like something like identity crisis or uh countdown um, and like things like that, that they did like where it pulls in everything and it makes it work. Like you say, like relatable, like that there's that part in identity crisis where you have like really famous two page spread of like Batman holding Robin in his arms, like, you know, both very emotionally affected. And that, those are the moments for like DC. I mean, that always hit for we me. could just leave DC and Marvel alone and just go watch Invincible. It's fantastic. But, that, but that's very you, relatable, too. <laughs> but wouldn't you agree that the Marvel characters are yeah. more relatable because they're they're, they're more they have more flaws. I mean, I mean, from week to week, when I'm reading Spider Amazing Spider Man, mm-hmm. he's always he's always retreating from a fight or gets his or gets his suit tore up. He's always showing. He's always getting beat up. Spider Man always got beat up before he came back and figured it out and did it again. If- Superman, you know what is what is the challenge with Superman? Oh. Not, nothing. Nothing. You can't even make you can't even make a good movie out of Superman. To not kill everything uh, because he. It's can. called Superman one and two. Thank you. Superman <laughs> one is trash. I like Superman one. That is a trash. Gene, Gene movie. Hackman's fun. How am but, I gonna um, how, how am I gonna save the day? I'm gonna I'm gonna fly around the sun. <laughs> uh, Earth. Just come on. 
It's uh, Superman. I don't know. Like the thing he's for not Superman. Relatable. To me, the thing that's I mean, yeah, he's the most godlike character. And that's the one thing that Marvel does have for in DC in the sense of like DC, of course, acquired a lot of the classic originals, right? And therefore, really the only one that the only two that really fit the bill for that on the Marvel side are Namor and um in Captain America, really, uh, as far as like before Stanley's great push in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, right, like Martian Manhunter is to me relatable because he's a guy who's trying to exist within and he is not ultimate and he can read your mind. But yet the biggest fear he consistently has is that he's going to be shown for who he is in public. Right. Which is why he hides in disguise because he doesn't want to freak people out. He doesn't want to show them even when he does show himself in his true form or in his alien form, he's adapted it to look more human because he doesn't want to freak people out. Um, you know, and, I guess they're just there are a bunch of them. I mean, of course, uh, Captain Marvel or whatever you want to call him. I guess now uh, Shazam. I've always found him to be very relatable because he's a kid. You know, he's a kid who's an orphan, <laughs> who's living in an orphanage or, or I guess a halfway house, or whatever. But you know, I don't know. I I, I like I a lot I'm of the just... <laughs> I like the big world building parts, like the stuff like you know they're doing Eternals now, right? That's coming this fall for MCU. The Eternals to me are way less interesting than the new gods and all that stuff with that and dark side and the politics that have been going on with that forever. Like that's interesting to me. Hey, I'll tell you one thing though. Hmm. Um, That was a great conversation starter from that email. So that's why if you're a listener, how about you send an email or get something sent, you know, either through discord, like I'm about to read. We love this kind of stuff, don't we, boys? Just saying. But speaking of, uh, let me go check the emails. Uh, there was one posted back a few days ago by Yuri. And this was um, this was a pretty cool article. I don't know if you boys read it. But Respawn was defending its Apex Legends pricing strategy. Hmm. And that was, they had some criticism about these 18 skins. Uh, and Yuri pointed out he wondered how much designers get paid. Um he bets that they're on a tight budget while EA gets most of the profits, which is kind of a, he says, basically Yuri's saying you need to understand that scenario that way. Um, But did you guys read that story at all? It was basically you pay some money and you get some skins. And there was a pricing debacle that that went with it. I don't know. I guess in that, like everything with these free to play games right now, I can go to the Rocket League store and pay some money and get a skin if yeah, I want but right now. Something happened and the people backlashed and the studio was saying, no, you don't understand. It's more expensive to make these things than you think. That's mm-hmm. why we got to charge them for what they are. I'm like, you know what? If For me, personally, just speaking, if there's something in the game that's behind a paywall and it's a cosmetic thing, if I like it, I'm going to yeah. buy it. If you know, It just is what it is. <laughs> and I know that... And I'm cheap. Yeah, I so mean... I'm, I, I, people don't understand just how much more where the money of these things are are made. It's not selling you even the season pass on them, right? It's putting things consistently in stores that make you want to buy. I see it every week when I'm hanging out with Jeff on Friday and holding his son calls him and is like, can I buy these V bucks so I can get X skin in Fortnite? Right. You know, like that's where they make it. That's, that's well, I'm reading. Their I, I, I remember it now the skin, each of these skins they had were $18 a piece. 
Yeah. So it wasn't like you got like yeah, you know, I, a bundle of skins. I mean, uh, it's the Punk same. Hit. It's the same way on uh, on what you call it right now, Rocket League, right? You want a goal uh, celebration? That's like twenty bucks. You're yeah. paying. <laughs> yeah, because you got to pay for the uh, the premium uh, mm-hmm. thing and earn it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it just depends on what game you played if you're going to put time into it. But Punkhead chimed into and replied on this email chain that said that uh, he spent a ridiculous amount of money on Hearthstone and Overwatch and has no regrets, hmm. but the price is right and worth it to him. Uh, but they also had a system. This was Blizzard. If you got repeats from the cards or loot boxes, but they um, also had a system in place where items weren't still attainable. They were and still are attainable. Ultimately, the market, and that's us, people, will decide if 18 bucks is worth it or not for, you know, a legendary skin. Um, Punkhead says that they personally uh, don't, doesn't think so, or he doesn't think so, and would rather spend that $18 on loot boxes or at least get other items in the mix with a chance of a legendary. Um, But that, of course, he says, opens up the whole gambling issue. So he's got a point there. And we all we we've definitely covered loot box scandals and situations on this show. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like Chris said, the, a good example, and he said it just a minute ago with Rocket League. If you got a car or a celebration you want, if it's worth it to you, buy it. Yeah. You know, if it's not, don't buy it. Ultimately, that'll decide what they release. I would rather it be like this. I mean, like I I get it. It would be nice if everything was free and you could just have that right and the only thing you ever need to consider buying was a season pass but that's not how these companies are making their money you know and they are trying to fund big things that cost a lot of money and that's how they do this you know so it's me having x skin on my car is not going to make me inherently a better player at rocket league Acid sugar could still probably beat me down one-on-one if we went head to head. Right. So, you know, that's what I would care about or the idea of like doing loot boxes for everything and just trying, like, I actually appreciate with rocket league, even though there are loot boxes in the game, they're just random rewards for doing things within the game, as opposed to saying, Oh, Hey Chris, come pay us 60 bucks and you can have six loot boxes to open and you'll have a 2% chance of getting something epic out of it. Uh, no, I'd rather just go, ooh, that's pretty. Let me buy it. <laughs> right. Uh, that's going to be it for the, the conversation emails over on Discord. But remember, if you want to get into that conversation and join uh, all of our, our things we have going on on our Discord, it's amazing to see the growth. That's what she said. Uh, you can also <laughs> <laughs> you can find our pin tweet over on Twitter. And, of course, we're on Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. Uh, and we do our best to at least, you know, retweet and, and comment on things that get your attention. Uh, it was brought to our attention earlier that Thor Love and Thunder has wrapped filming. That is confirmed. I'm looking at it now. Uh, IGN has put that out of there. So I will tweet. I'm sorry. I will like and retweet that for you guys. Hey, do you know um, Kotaku 43 minutes ago as of this recording mm. uh, said that Super Mario Brothers movie restoration adds 20 minutes of deleted scenes? Is that a thing? What? Are they redoing the Super Mario Brothers movie in, in a restoration <laughs> type of situation? Are they gonna uh, make it animated? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Because yeah. And earlier in the show, we did point out that one of our friends, a uh, friend of the show, Josh, said uh, that Blizzard was confirming a DDoS attack. Oh, on on burning crusade and that is they are have actually put that out there. That's a thing that's happening. What you got? So Chris? according to again. Uh, 
the article here says Super Mario Bros. movie fans release an extended cut uh, with 20 minutes of new footage. So that's where it comes from. Huh. All right then. And Maybe they found some out, old footage and then just went and removed the backgrounds and put something digital in there. Because, <laughs> you know, technology. Yeah. Speaking of technology, this one is a throwback memory, and it was brought to us by a reply. Uh, one of our one of our fans, one of our homies, Robert Mikado, oh, over on Twitter, at Mikado Corp, uh, replied to this picture, and it said, some of my happiest memories, man. Got some of my favorite N64 games from that store. And what he's talking about, the Retro Room uh, tweeted a four-pick collage of Toys R Us. And inside Toys R Us, how the gaming area used to look. And I have vivid memories of going into our Toys R Us back when I was young. The way the store was set up, you had to kind of go through a maze to get access to see the games. They'd be in their cases. Uh, I remember the Virtual Boy being on display there. It was something special about the 90s version of Toys R Us. And Chris and John, I know you boys were alive back then. Do you remember that nostalgia of going into Toys R Us? It, ch- it changed dramatically towards the end of Toys R Us's run. But there was nothing like going into Toys R Us back in the day. And I've liked, and I will retweet this tweet so it'll be on our timeline if you boys want to take a look at that. If I'm being honest, I think my nostalgia is more tied to Best Buy being a kid than... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I got toys and things like that, Legos. I enjoyed that, of course, but... I just remember, you know, like I know I'm a few years younger than you. So I remember going into Best Buy where and that wasn't down here yet. Right. So back then, like you would go in and they would have these huge kind of like almost like stadium size like or not stadium, but like arena size like uh, screens. Right. That were just one side would be Sonic. The other side would be mario and it was just consistently trying to hype you to get into sega genesis or you know uh snes at the time what? um <laughs> what system is that chris that's uh the that's a snes um entertainment yeah, I system played, I, played, I never played on never played on the old one. snes entertainment system <laughs> um, but like i used to love that you know just going in you'd be like oh look at that they got sonic and knuckles or like oh that, they got yeah. sonic pinball get home so cool. oh sonic pinball is not that good Oh no! <laughs> I, and my my kid and and the kids these days look how old I sound. When you go to like your Targets and Walmart mm. or whatever, they have versions of what we used to kind of mm. have. But now I don't even know if it's going to forever be changed because of COVID and you can't touch things anymore. I don't know. We'll see. But let me highlight a couple of new followers we got. Uh, what up? He's in the chat right now on Twitch, and he he followed us on Twitter. Psycho Retros 2, thank you so much for the follow, my friend. Uh, and his his uh, Twitter says he is a ring announcer, and this is for wrestling. Mm. And I got to say, I heard good things. He had a he had a stint this weekend, and uh, he was well-received announcing some wrestling. Oh. Uh, big wrestling fan, and, and also he loves video games, so that's why he's here with us. Thank you so much for the follow, following you back. And I see that you already followed back GamerGeek1982. So thank you so much for that, Gamer Geek. I think Chris, you hit that follow back button on that one. It's I fine. did. No, I, th- I think or I did. It was already. It's above Psycho and is already showing following, and it came in after Psycho, and I wanted to highlight those two. So, hmm. uh, oh, and and breaking right now, before I wrap this up, which I never do, Gizmodo is saying the return of Vision is still uncertain, and this is according to Paul Bettany. 
That's a pretty reliable source. <laughs> I mean, Just I, saying. I would imagine whenever they want to pull that card, they can. Yeah, <laughs> whenever they want to. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, that's those three ways are how you get in touch with us on this part of the show, which we like to, I don't even know if we, we technically call it, I think just emails. Um, if yes. you want to send us an email, weekly games chat at gmail.com. If you want to become a part of the conversation on uh, discord, there's a way to get in and you can find that on Twitter at weekly games chat. Uh, if I've, I don't think I've got anything else to add. If the boys do, we need to do it quick, but this has been episode 310. Please find us at your podcast source. Drop us a like, leave us a review. We appreciate it very, very much. Boys, you got anything? No. Mm-mm. You're good to go. No. Shout no. out to our Twitch chat. Thank you for hanging around. I know you guys have things to do. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, I will simply say to Chris and John, both of you, I love you to death. Game on, Chris. Game on, John. Game on, John. Game on, game on. And game on, John. Yeah. And as we always do, we leave you with a tagline. Mine is simply, peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life.